Warning, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are based on psychic impressions and true life events that may be potentially frightening and or disturbing to some viewers. Any of the information that is shared in this production should not replace the advice of medical professionals and is intended for general purposes only. Viewer discretion is advised. During this episode, there is a lot of references to self-harm and people that have actually took their own lives. So this is a warning. This is a trigger warning that we wanted to go ahead and let you guys know that if that is a sensitive subject for you, this might not be the episode for you. So bear that in mind. There is a lot of references to that uh, in this episode. On a cold and unusually snowy Christmas day in 1929 in Germington, North Carolina, a small farming community would be stained by a tragedy of unspeakable proportions. The story begins a few weeks earlier when Charlie Lawson, 43, loaded his wife, Fanny, 37, and their seven children into his truck for a short drive to Winston-Salem, about 13 miles away. He bought them all new clothes, which was unusual for a poor farming family at the time and instructed them to remain in their new clothing for a trip to a local photography studio where he had them sit for a family portrait. It was, he said, part of a Christmas surprise. Charlie and Fanny Lawson married in 1911, had eight children, though one died of pneumonia at the age of six. Charlie moved his family to the Germington area in 1918 and began sharecropping tobacco. By 1927, the Lawsons had saved enough money to buy a farm on Brook Cove Road. In the evenings, Charlie, Fanny, Arthur, and Marie would work together renovating the farmhouse. While repairing a fence on the farm, Charlie accidentally hit himself in the forehead with a mallet. After the accident, neighbors and family members noticed a change in his personality as he began to suffer with mood swings and severe headaches. As Christmas Day dawned in 1929, Maria woke early to blend butter, sugar, and egg whites, roll a cup of raisins and flour, and pour the mixture into two circular pants. Her signature dessert soon would be iced, decorated, and ready for the holiday feast. While the cake was cooling, Charlie, Arthur, Charlie's two beagles, and a cousin set out to hunt rabbits. They ran out of ammunition, so Charlie sent his son to Germington to buy more. Back at the Lawson farm, Marie was finishing up in the kitchen. Her two younger sisters, Carrie and Maybelle, decided to visit an aunt and uncle nearby. What neither Marie nor her mother could know was that Charlie was waiting by the barn. He shot his daughters and to make sure they were dead, bludgeoned them with a hoe handle. Charlie returned to the house and shot his wife, who was peeling potatoes on the porch. Shoving more shells into his shotgun, he swung open the front door and pulled the trigger, striking Marie, who slumped to the floor in front of the fireplace. Reloading, he shot James and Raymond, then without 
the slightest hesitation, bludgeoned four-month-old Mary Lou to death. The sole surviving family member, Arthur, returned to find his father missing and the rest of his family members murdered. A bonfire was set out in the front of the old farmhouse as family members, neighbors, and police gathered to begin the search for Charlie, who was missing and possibly another suspect that was responsible for the murders. At the time, there was no confirmation Charlie was responsible for killing his family. Unknowing to those that gathered around the fire, Charlie had escaped into the nearby woods, and just before sunset around 5 p.m., a shot rang out. The echoes of the gunfire had barely faded before the mournful howls of Lawson's two beagles led searchers to his body. Police found letters to his parents and on a crumpled scrap of paper, blamed nobody but I. Their lifeless bodies were transported 20 minutes from their home and final resting place to be prepared for the public viewing. The location is known today as the Madison Dry Goods Store, located in Madison, North Carolina. The entire family was buried in a single plot. The killing attracted so much attention that it is said as much as 5,000 people attended the funeral and came from all over the U.S. The reason for this horrific massacre is a subject of debate even today. The mention of a Christmas surprise led some to believe Charlie's act was premeditated, Others blame Charlie's head injury. However, an autopsy and analysis of his brain at Johns Hopkins Hospital found no abnormalities. Many other rumors circulated around the question of why Charlie would kill his family, including speculation that the sharecropper had witnessed an organized crime incident and that he and his family were murdered to silence them. We will never know the real reason why Charlie Lawson murdered his family that cold Christmas day, but we can say that strange occurrences still happen in the hills and hollows of Stokes County, North Carolina. In this special Christmas episode of Lights at Midnight podcast, we take a deeper look into the history of the area and bring on two special guests never before interviewed, both born and raised in the area and one of which being a relative of the Charlie Lawson family to share their own supernatural stories and experiences. What we uncovered is shocking, and the things we experienced during the making of this episode were downright terrifying. Join us as we share our experiences and recount what happened while visiting the locations related to these gruesome murders. Grab a hot cocoa and snuggle up as we uncover Stokes County's Ghosts of Christmas Past. It was last Christmas evening, the snow was on the ground. His home in North Carolina, with a murder he was bound. His name was Charlie Lawson, and he had a loving wife. But we'll never know what caused him to take his family flight. So, Chastity, what did you name this recording? Bah humbug. It's colder than a witch's titty. Hell yeah. It's like negative 73. Yeah, it's negative 8 here right now. 
I would assume, well, when I was outside earlier, it was 14 degrees, but with the wind chill, which luckily the wind's not up like it was, mm-hmm. but it was uh, pr- at least like negative five. I'm pretty sure like my butt cheeks froze together when I was at Walmart earlier doing my last minute Christmas shopping. My car handles were frozen. I had to like yank them and I heard crack and I was like, uh, yeah, I couldn't get my car when I first went outside and then I tried to pop the trunk, which is where we currently have some Christmas presents. Like we're hiding from the kids and I popped it and I thought I accident. Well, I, I tried to do it with the key and then I tried to lift it open and it would not open. I'm like, well, shit, maybe I'm locking it. So I open the car door and I pull the lever and I go back and I can't open it. So my trunk's frozen with Christmas presents in it. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. So I'm pretty sure a lot of other people have that problem. There's probably a lot more people having issues because power's out um, among, well, across the United States right now. So. Uh, we hope everybody is uh, nice and toasty and warm and not suffering too bad from this once in a, it was not once in a lifetime. It's once in a generation weather event is what they're calling it. Mm-hmm. Well, today we have a very interesting Christmas special story for you. Y'all may notice that this podcast is actually going to be released on Christmas instead of on Monday. So Christmas is, of course, Sunday, but we decided to go ahead and release this one a day early. This one, you probably already noticed, is fairly long, but it's it's worth it. Um, we decided to do this kind of last minute. This was not necessarily planned, nor is many things we do, but hey, you know what? It worked out. Um, <laughs> so anyways, yeah, this is going to be... Um, a killer episode, no pun, and I'm not going to say pun intended. I didn't even mean to say that. I kind of feel bad now, <laughs> but uh, Whoops. yeah, so as y'all heard in the very beginning, we did the monologue about what happened to the Lawson family and what we have done over the last week and a half is this is near the area that I lived. I live so basically and I used to live in the Stokes County area. So I actually went to the Madison Dry Goods store. Guys, if you've ever seen the 28 Days Haunted on Netflix, it's pretty popular right now. One of the investigations and one of the places that they uh, went and stayed at for 28 days was the Madison Dry Goods store. So I actually went there last weekend and I also went to the cemetery and the location, which I wasn't able to get out of the car because somebody lives on the land that Charlie Lawson used to own. So it's still a farm. I don't know how much of an operational farm it is, but it's still, it's still there. Uh, but the house isn't. So I got to drive by and get some B-roll of that. And it's been really, uh, really interesting to say the least. That sounds, yeah, the pictures you sent me, I was like, damn. Yeah, we're good. And I've actually caught, I believe I caught something at the Madison Dry Goods store as well. I believe you did. I believe you caught multiple things. Yeah. And Spirit told me when I was down. So when you walk in, so I guess we'll go ahead and just jump right into Madison Dry Goods. So or that day. So basically I wanted to go. I wasn't sure like if I should go by myself or not, because Going into a, quote, haunted place for a person uh, that is sensitive can end up being, like, draining as hell. 
and I didn't really want to go by myself. So I called my sister. She happened to be off of work and last minute, like two hour notice. I said, you're coming with. She's like, hell yeah, I want to go anyways. So we get in the car and it's not but like 15 minutes to the cemetery from my house. So that's the first place we go. And there, if you ever try to go to this cemetery for whatever reason, because since this story uh, made national news back in 1929, it is still fairly popular today, like many people cover it. So if you actually go to the cemetery where the family is buried, um, there are signs saying, you know, no trespassing and there's cameras watching you and all that kind of stuff. So you I do not advise people to go out there in the middle of the night and try to mess around because either you're going to get shot because this is in a um, kind of mountainous region of North Carolina or you're going to have the cops called on you. And trust me, Stokes County cops don't play. So uh, we went out there kind of just to pay respects. You know, I, I try to be very respectful in places like that. I didn't do any type of investigation outside of just energetically and what I felt um, and just snagged a couple quick, quick pictures. And then we headed through the Walnut Cove area. Oh, no, we went down Brook Cove Road because it's off of Brook Cove, Brook Cove Road where the graveyard is. And we got some B-roll of the actual farm area. And then we headed through Walnut Cove and up into Madison, North Carolina, which is actually in Rocky, right into Rockingham County. And Walnut Cove and Madison going back in the day is part of the upper and lower Sar town. And then that is where the Sara Indians um, had different uh, settlements. And they're very much a part of this podcast because we're actually going to take you guys back in history a little bit uh, and talk about things that's happened in the past because we're not just covering the Charlie Lawson family murders. We're actually covering the area because I personally feel, and now that Emily has got into like the history and research and got to experience some of it herself, I'm pretty sure I can speak for her and say there's a lot more to this than just, you know, um, man that lost his mind and murdered his family. Wouldn't you agree? Word to Big Bird. Yeah, it's it's pretty, pretty rough. Um, so we're going to kind of be talking about the area in general, which is something I haven't seen anybody else do uh, to date. Uh, and go back in history and try to kind of get to the bottom of what's causing things like this to happen in the area. And you'll see moving forward uh, into the episode uh, what we're talking about. But back on to Madison Dry Goods. So we pull up and automatically it is, you know, it's it's the nostalgia of being there. I've actually drove through Madison. I've just never been in there because I've known about the place um, even beforehand and before Netflix and all that stuff. But uh, we go inside and we're greeted by the owner, Richard, uh, and his granddaughter, Kelly. They're very, very nice people. Um, I just automatically tell him, look, I'm a seer. I use that as reference because he, he has dealt with a lot of paranormal groups, you know, coming through and people that are interested in the museum upstairs. So the Madison Dry Goods store, the stores downstairs, there's basically a large room and then another room with the staircase. And then in the second floor, that's where the museum is with a lot of, um, old things from just the, the era of it being open. I believe the store was built. Don't mark my words on this. I think it was 1903. It's right around that time. 
And it's been several things. Um, for those of you that may know backstory, I'm going to go ahead and tell you anyways, though. Uh, and the third floor is technically the attic. It looks like there's a whole floor and there basically is, but it's the whole attic area, which is uh, part of what's featured on the TV show. Uh, but he was very nice and he just told us a little bit. He's like, look, I'm not going to tell you anything about anything. I'm going to let you go up there and see for yourself. I did ask him about, you know, after hours. He said, no, we don't do any after hours things. Um, because if he let one person, he have to let everybody else. He has in the past, but they stopped doing that. I was going to ask him if I could stay from like six to seven and, pick up some, you know, just psychic energy stuff, not necessarily even do an investigation. He declined that offer because I was willing to like even gather the funds and pay the money, but he won't let anybody do it. But <laughs> little did I know then I didn't need, I don't need to stay there, period, because it's active is all get out. Uh, so it's very true. It's very, very true about what they say. So the mat before it was Madison Dry Goods, it's been two other business businesses in the past. It opened up originally as a hotel because the amount of tobacco farms that were in the area is very, very great. Um, the area is known for growing tobacco. Matter of fact, R.J. Reynolds is located in Winston-Salem and different um, like buildings of R.J. Reynolds where they produce cigarettes is all around the area. But back in the day, this was like the most concentrated tobacco sales basically in the world in production. So the people that were in the industry, they used this as the hotel. Well, once that industry started to decline, it became a funeral home. So that's where the Lawson family has the, the and the murders have a tie to this building. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of things that kind of go on in a funeral home, especially when it gets turned into something else. So immediately from walking in, um, the energy was good. It wasn't necessarily bad. It was very inviting because, you know, the owner and his granddaughter, very sweet people, like I said. And me and my sister start walking around and just looking at the different things they had. They had a lot of um, nice clothing and just they had already up on the walls. They have a lot of vintage antique items like I saw cameras and just different things from the past hanging all around photos of people. But as we walked to the back of the store, there was a door. I don't know if it has a basement. It was some type of back room, but I felt like it was a basement area. I didn't ask. And me and her started getting a cold draft on our legs. And it wasn't coming from any windows because there were the only windows were like in the front of the store. We were in the back of the store. Uh, but we felt like this cold air as we got to the back. And she walked around and looked at the hats. And she walked in behind the main counter. She's like, oh, I don't know if I should be back here. I'm like, I don't think so, but I think you're cool because this counter is like 40 foot long. It looks like it could have been a bar at one point, honestly, but it's it's not. It's set up like that, though, like where you would have liquor bottles in a bar. It was actually where all the hats were to give you kind of um image or an idea. And she was about five foot away from this one hat and it just fell right off into the floor. And she's like, whoa. And it was the first hat she looked at. Now, granted, she didn't touch it. She just looked at it and walked by it. It was eye level with her, so she didn't brush it or anything, and it fell off about 30 seconds after she walked past it. And then in my mind's eye, I see a young man kind of leaning up against the um, shelving that's attached to the wall, just like, yep, that was me. I made it drop. He was younger. It was almost like he was flirting with my sister. So <laughs> it was interesting. 
uh, then we went into the next room, which had different types of things from small local businesses. So they're really about supporting local. They, they really want to do well for their little town and their, you know, the county and everything. So there's a lot of local business items like jewelry, crystal jewelry. There's also, um, ghost theme things. So, you know, for promoting, um, what's upstairs. Cause a lot of people come there for that. And we end up, um, looking around and seeing they had like ghost poop, which was like candy. It was cute. And then candles. They had a boo candle, which I ended up actually getting to bring back. And it smelled like Christmas, which was interesting. Uh, but upstairs is where they used to view and prepare the bodies. So as you go up the steps, the floors are very creaky. This is a very old place. And as you go up to the top of the steps, the one room has all the information and paper clippings of the Charlie Lawson um, mass family massacre. And there's like caskets. There's also an, an old embalming machine. I got pictures and all kinds of stuff, too. So we plan on doing a video on this as well, like an actual video. So for those of you that have been interested in <clears throat> seeing me and Emily uh, collab together and actually look at our faces, we're going to put our faces on it. <laughs> I know, right? It'd be spooky as shit. So just so you know, no. <laughs> but anyways, then there's like a great grand room. I'm assuming that would be when it was a funeral home. It could have potentially been the gathering room. Now, I was wondering how they were carrying bodies up and down these steps. The steps were wide enough for sure to get like bodies and caskets and all that kind of stuff up there. And I may be a little off on exactly where all the viewings happened, but I was I'm almost positive the viewing room is upstairs at the end of the hall. So in there's a great room that's could definitely seat 100 people or at least 75. And then there's like a hallway with multiple rooms. And that was where I believe the hotel rooms were. And I'm not sure how much it's been changed, but these rooms are kept like with old paint. And some of them are just brick from the outside or the sides of the building. But they're filled with like, you know, old antiques and like artifacts from over the last 120 years. Um, maybe even some of them might be older, but they, they really have done a good job in preserving it. But remember, it's a funeral home. So I start getting the creepy vibes and like reviewing some of the footage. Um, <clears throat> when I was walking across the, the floor, you can hear it. It's like creak, creak, creak. We actually heard some knocking, uh, like beating and there was nobody else up there but us. Uh, but yeah, the rooms, some of the rooms are extra creepy before I even went, I picked up on a little girl and I told him this and he said, yep, she's here. Cause he didn't tell me anything about any ghosts or anything else there because I knew a little bit, but I watched 28 days haunted, but I really didn't remember a whole lot except they found a demon. There's some type of nasty presence there, which, you know, we will get into when we're interviewing our two special guests, which, like we said, we're from the area and um, Brittany, she is actually a descendant of that family. So her grandfather was the cousin of Charlie Lawson. Um, but, yeah, the um, the room that has the staircase that leads to the third floor is where I felt the most creepy. I even say it in the video that I took and then spirit directed me. There was a man there. I already I felt three spirits total. 
I saw the little girl in my mind's eye. She came in the form of color with a white dress, black, like wavy, curly type hair. And I never saw her face, but she was surrounded by the dark, which was already just um something for me. Like I was already not too sure about it because generally anything that I see coming in, in a dark room, like it's like a big dark void and the spirit will be there. They're generally in black, white, and gray. And that's not necessarily either an earthbound spirit or not a good spirit at all. And if I see spirits that are ascended, that have moved on to the light or what we refer to as heaven, they generally come in color. Even their surroundings are color or it might be like light and fuzzy. Well, she wasn't. She was in the dark, but she was light and fuzzy and like looked like she ascended, but I wasn't too sure. And um the, there was a man that was what I called the watcher. He was an older man and he looked like he was dressed in the night like 1920 clothing and then the young man those are the only three spirits i picked up on while i was there but there was this like creepy feeling um i didn't feel like the two men were evil or anything um but there was a, a general just an overall presence there and in some of the footage i actually captured something in the room i felt creepy in it looks like the face of a man under the staircase so we'll be sharing that with you guys over the next little bit on social medias and most definitely in the video but you'll just have to check that out it should come out after this uh, sometime next week so after christmas but um interestingly enough everything was going fine we actually bought t-shirts <laughs> and uh it says mine says uh madison dry goods it'll scare you sheetless and it's got ghosts on it my sister got another one she got a shirt for me for christmas and overall it was a good experience but it's definitely very fucking haunted um that day we we come home and i start to feel like a lot of pressure in my head uh my eyes are like gooking up and just not they're just dry and not feeling very good and I felt like I was getting sick and I just didn't feel well but it didn't nothing fit because I knew I wasn't getting sick I was like wow I, I got a bad energy drain to be quite honest and my sister come home and I found out the next morning that her eyes did the same thing but she had rashes under her both of her eyeballs uh or like on her face and she overall generally didn't feel well. So neither one of us felt very well after our visit to Madison Dry Goods. But we both, uh, my sister, she's sensitive to energy, but she's not quite um, to the level of like sensing spirits as me, but she's very aware of them. She's probably even more uh, clairsentient because she's got a lot of earth signs in her. But overall, it was interesting. I do want to go back, but I will say that while I was there, the owner trusted me and let me read a message that someone sent him about his store, which was surprising. He said, don't go contacting this lady. And I don't even remember her name now because I would never do nothing like that. But her another psychic actually reached out to him and said that Charlie Lawson came to her and said that he had to murder his family because of the secret that was concealed he did he it was for uh, honor he didn't want anything getting out to dishonor his family which we'll discuss later in the podcast and then he she also felt like there was a negative spirit just like the um 28 days haunted 
you know, uncovered about the negative spirit. And I have some theories about that. Um, I've developed some theories about it. And yeah, it is, it's something else. But that was my trip to Madison Dry Goods, basically in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, that's bananas. Yeah. Um, it didn't seem too intense, but the aftermath of going, that's when I realized like, yeah, it's a little more intense than I thought. I knew going into it, I was playing with fire because I'm going back to like a county and a place that I got my attachment and suffered a lot from not even knowing it. And a lot of people have, but yeah, it was, uh, it's definitely interesting. And I just got the smell of cinnamon. It smelled like that candle. I literally just got the smell of cinnamon, just like the candle I was burning, but the candle's been out. I burn it all down. That's weird. Oh. Yeah, there's no cinnamon here. Interesting. That's, I've, yeah, that's weird. Yeah. All right. So I started watching 28 Days Haunted just to familiarize myself with the uh, the story and whatnot. And I also wanted to see if I could pick anything else up since I can't like drive down there since it's like an eight hour drive or so. I figured, you know what? I can get psychic impressions from watching stuff. Yep. And well, I did. <laughs> and I honestly didn't expect to get a spirit because I'm used to like getting the negative stuff because that's what I usually focus on. Yeah. And I had been practicing, you know, getting information from human spirits the day before I think it was and yeah because I did that it actually helped me connect with what I believe was Marie the eldest daughter yes yeah and so I didn't know too much about her part like in the story and I had some confusion over things but she actually cleared it like cleared it up for me so, like, when I was watching the show, and I think it was around, uh, I think it was, like, the, I forget what episode, probably the second episode, and then the last episode I was getting a lot of information on, but so it showed me her, so I saw Marie and what she looked like, so she's got, like, the dark hair, um, it's kind of got the wavy pattern in it. And it looked almost exactly like her photo. And I started getting head pain in my ears ringing. And I'm like, okay, I'm wondering if that has to do with, like, the getting shot in the head and stuff. And then um, I saw her body hunched over from the astral realm, which I didn't know, like, much detail of how her body was when she passed away but that also um was then validated through more research that i did after i you know took these notes and um yeah so i verified that her body was hunched over in a sitting position and then she showed me a rope but the rope was like in the form of a noose but instead of pointing down with the uh with the what do you call it the hoop or whatever you want to call it. The loop. It, hoop. The loop. The hoop. The loop-de-loop. -loop yeah. <laughs> was facing up instead of down. And to me, that's like suicide or, yeah, attempt. 
So to me, it felt like she made an attempt at her life, but she some for whatever reason didn't go through with it, whether she was stopped or just like didn't go through with it. And then she showed me like playing around outside, having fun, liking to be outside, um, free spirited and all that stuff. But then it kind of like changed. It, she showed me an image that I actually had drawn myself for reference, and that is the one, I don't know if it's on my Instagram or not, but it's just, like, of a girl playing in sunflowers in a sunflower dress and just having fun. And then I started feeling stomach pressure, so that gave me a sense that maybe she might have had, like, stomach issues, but then I started feeling nausea and then woozy, and then I saw the word pregnant with a question mark. And then I validated that she was pregnant, which confused me because I had assumed that she had the baby, but she actually didn't. Right. So, and it's still speculation. There, There is no actual confirmation she was pregnant, but it definitely is one of the speculations of why Charlie killed his family, just to clarify. Yes. And so she told me that. And that was, you know, something that I didn't quite read beforehand because I thought she had the baby. So that was her clearing that up. And then I felt overwhelming sadness and then mouth or jaw clenching very tight. And then um, I see Charlie rounding them up or something rounding them up or corralling them in the house. And it was just weird how they were being um, collected together in the house because I couldn't tell if it was something that happened before they died or after they died because you can see, like, things going on on the Asterom. So I wasn't sure if that was, like, before death or after death. But I do remember seeing a guy with an old-fashioned black hat, but I... Chastity, do you know if he was wearing that in the family photo? No, he was not. They Nobody was wearing a hat in the photo. And just to clarify, I think maybe the corralling had something to do with an after death thing and being possibly either stuck in the location or some other theories that we do have because the two daughters were at the barn, you know, when he yeah. murdered them. The two That's right. Yeah, I and forgot the, about that. Yeah, the younger children were inside with Marie and the mother was, uh, you know, in the, on the front porch. And the eldest son uh, was the only survivor. He was the one that was out getting more rounds because they were hunting rabbits. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, he didn't come back till later. But, yeah, we me and you had talked about. Um, that's right. I remember now. Yeah. And the and also, like, possibly a, the spirit involved, which we're going to get into a little bit later. But, yeah, that that's kind of about the uh, guarding the yeah. corral. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I remember now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was the negative entity that I saw. It was like in the dark corner and it was like all in like blackness and shadow. So you couldn't see any features or at least I couldn't see any features at that point. And, yeah, I think that's what was keeping them there was the entity that was holding them.
I did take more notes, though, like towards the last episode where do you remember when he's getting in the coffin or the medium ladies getting in the coffin? Yeah, I think that was in the first episode or second episode. Yeah. Okay, whichever episode it was, I forget. But so I'm watching it and she's in there and I literally hear this um, clear I don't know if it was clear cognizantly or clear audiently, but I heard um, many people have tried to go up against me and they have failed. And then when I heard that in my head, I'm like, nope, get out of my head. Get out of my head. Nope, nope. Get out. Yeah. And that was when me and you were discussing our theories about what it could be, because if you guys caught the part like the monologue about uh, what happened that Christmas day mm-hmm. and the fact that he had head pain and he was having headaches and mood changes and stuff, excuse me. And what happened to the daughter, like, you know, we've talked about her being pregnant, but the speculation is, is Charlie ended up getting his own daughter pregnant and that is why one of the that's one of the reasons people think and like i said it's not confirmed but that's why they think he kind of lost his shit and murdered his family which is obviously incest but to do things like that is not only fucked up there there could be another underlying issue Mm -hmm. so i mean it's the area you have pain road up there which another family murder happened another man did the same thing not too far away from where they lived and we might cover that one day as well because i feel like this area has so much going on that it would be nice to do a follow-up story about some other things that's happened and maybe even i would say in this episode we're not getting to the bottom of anything but we're getting a good head start and i think we're hitting the nail on the head to a degree that it's actually actually stirring up spirit activity uh, Mm -hmm. because of the things that happened to us while we did this. So not only did I have the issues like with being so tired, I'm pretty sure something tried to attack me because the second night, the Saturday, so I went on a Friday morning or like early afternoon Saturday, I felt awful all day, like I had a cold, but I know I didn't have a cold. I knew I was spiritually drained, and I felt like something pressure-wise was on my head, and it like literally almost in my head. So before I went to bed, I said, you know, I started working with Divine Spirit and told, you know, and basically told him, you know, I need help to get whatever type of nasty negative energies off of me. And I started saying, get out, go away, get off of me. And that's how I fell asleep that night through prayer and just trying to get this energy to detach itself from me. Because even though I knew I wasn't sick, I knew something wasn't right. And I had a very vivid astral experience. So I'd say it's not quite a dream. I had a, well, basically a dream where I was standing in front of a mirror in a bathroom, like a industrial bathroom. So like of a business and I don't know where I was, but it had like tile walls and I had a big mirror in front of me. And it was like a place in the bathroom where it has a mirror with just like a a table where in a women's bathroom, I don't know if men's bathroom have these as much as women's do, but there'll sometimes be a table where like you could put a sink, but there's no sink. And I was standing there with both my hands and I said, get off of me, get out of me. Nothing was happening, but I knew something was there. And all of a sudden this 
like face come over my face, almost like it was a part of me and said, no, I'm not leaving. Like just and it was a this face looked like a woman and it was a wrinkle, very wrinkled. She had tan skin, which would be close to I'm not going to say it was Native American, but her skin was tan and very wrinkly, her mouth drawn in. And she had like not sharp, pointy teeth, but like really tiny little square teeth. And her nose was big and long. She's like, no, I'm not going anywhere. And just da, 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 da. And I basically fought with this thing that looked like a lady. I guess it was a woman that like her face cut, like made into my face. And that's the dream I had that night. And I woke up feeling so much better. So I know that sounds crazy, but that was my experience after leaving Madison Dry Goods. Um, and what happened, you know, we did the recording with Ethan and Brittany a, almost five days ago now. So it's been five days since we've done it. And what happened to us during like at the end and during this recording all together, I, I call it crazy, like not crazy as in psycho. Like it's just it's interesting. It's crazy what happened. Definitely paranormal activity. There's no there's no coincidences. It was a coincidence, but not the type of the coincidence like, oh, well, that's a coincidence. But mm -hmm. <laughs> it was something else. But I guess if I don't really have anything else to add, if you want to do you have anything else you want to add before we go ahead and insert the interview? Um, I mean, so just watching the show, because I still have some more notes here, but like, um, the, the medium lady that was working with the group for the area of the Madison Dry Goods store, um, it looked like she temporarily helped whatever spirits were in that store, but then I saw that that thing came back and started oppressing them again. Which would make sense because I feel like the energy is over the area and not necessarily just the store. I think it's more of an omnipresent energy over the whole area and not omnipresent like God, like just a nasty negative force. So it doesn't it's not just in that store. Mm hmm personally yeah i think it's over the area because it's like it's there it's in the store it's in the house and it's over the area in general i agree i agree and in this interview it might make a little more sense to what we're saying too um mm -hmm. it's definitely interesting mm -hmm. yeah there was a lot of stuff going on after like when we were trying to wrap up we were talking about stuffs like just random stuff and like as that was going on but we're gonna talk about that in our video we're gonna go ahead and jump right into the interview so buckle up buttercup shit's about to get real faux shizzle my nizzle bizzle off the hizzle bizzle <laughs> lizzle mizzle miserable it's miserably cold all right, everyone. Today we have two special guests for you. Uh, I'd like to welcome Brittany and Ethan on our show. So if you guys want to go ahead and get started in introducing yourselves, we're really happy to have you. All righty. Hi, I'm Brittany. I am, I've met Chastity this year, actually. We uh, 
have discussed, I'm a relative to Charlie Lawson, so we're going to discuss a little of the family lore there, I guess. And I, I'm Ethan. Um, I, I've seen some ghosties in my day. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that's yeah. probably that's uh, I, I can get more into me uh, later. Later, yeah. That's fine, yeah. And we're going to basically talk. We're going to talk a little bit about the the Lawson family tragedy, but really, what I really want to highlight here is the area, the area, and how it is associated with these tragedies. Because there's several, you know, stories that go around. You got Payne Road and the things that happened there, and just generally the overall area. I think the area of Stokes County, even like Rockingham and north of the north, uh, like the line of North Carolina and Virginia, there is a lot going on up here. And it's what a lot of people, I think, when they cover this story miss, and it might just be because they're not from the area. Mm -hmm. But these folks are from the area. I've actually lived up there. Emily, she's got a little bit of the backstory, you know, going on. She, you know, she kind of did a little bit of research and she's felt some things. And we're just going to talk about it because it's not talked about and i think it really actually deserves a little more credit when it comes to the haunting aspect of this general area so we really do appreciate y'all coming on with us here tonight and i guess if you want um how how did it get started with you what is your origin of seeing the paranormal if you both want to take a turn and go that's fine however y'all want to do it um, but I'm, we're really interested this season in finding out, you know, the point to where you started experiencing paranormal activity because there's a lot of people that deal with the same. So if you want to go ahead and get started with how everything started for you, that would be awesome. I guess I'll go first. Um, all right. So I guess my uh, experience is really starting out with paranormal things. Um, I was never sensitive up until I got with my first wife and I don't have, I don't have more than one yet, but we've just been dating. We've just been dating. <laughs> right. But, um, I, I think I developed sensitivity by being around her because she was also sensitive and the place that we wound up, uh, moving into and living at, was excruciatingly haunted. I, I believe there was a portal to another realm in, in, in the basement. Oh, wow. Because uh, crows, or ravens even, they would all huddle around the yard of this property. They would huddle around the house. They'd sit on the roof on the tops of the, the heater house. Wild stuff. And there was crazy stuff that would go on inside the house, too. Like, one night... We had a dog, and she woke me up, like, just barking or howling. I can't remember if it was barking or howling specifically, but at the spare room door that we had. And this door was fairly difficult to open. Like, you had to turn it and jiggle it a little bit and then kind of push on it to get it to open. Well, I heard the door just open on its own. So I get up oh, and check shit. it out. And I go in there and I, then I hear something at the front door 
after I've closed this, this door that just opened spontaneously, I go into the front room to check out the door. I open the door to see if there's anybody outside. And at that time, in the living room, there is a large clock, probably about a foot and a half wide. It flies off the wall, lands in the center of the room, and shatters. That's terrifying. The center of the room was about seven feet away from the wall. And there, there, there are more, but most of my origins are in that house. Now, where was this house located? It was five minutes away from here. It's not over, even five minutes. Not even five minutes. It was on, like a minute. On George Road. Okay, so northern Stokes County area. Yeah, right off of uh, 89. 89 and Horseshoe. Gotcha. George Road, actually. Uh, I've, I've witnessed a lot of... Strange lights in the sky. Yeah, like UFO all, activity. All kinds of weird stuff. That's that's really interesting because we have this discussion about the 37th parallel or the longitude line that wraps around. And y'all are pretty much right at the 3660, which is known as the uh, proper name for it. I don't have, but it's the line of sl where the slavery was cut off. But if that gives you a reference. OK, yeah, that's how close y'all are. And even where I'm at is not too far away from this area. So there's a lot of reported UFO activity at the 37th parallel. Uh, just to clear up, clear up any uh, history buffs out there. Um, the reason that Virginia was also a seceded state and was above the Mason Dixon line was because the Mason Dixon line was drawn after we had decided that the northern states were going to be free states and the southern states were going to be slave states. So that's that's why Virginia is above the Mason-Dixon line. Yeah, that makes sense. Virginia was a slave state long before the Mason-Dixon line was even considered. So for the past five minutes, I felt warmth on my face. Ooh. Hmm. On your right side a lot? Because my yep. right side yep. is very, very warm right now on my right side of my face. Yep. I haven't said anything, but that's like I looked over there because I was like, why am I getting warm over here? Like a little bit ago and like the right side. Feel my, feel my cheek. Yeah. So she definitely could be picking that up from you. Yeah. Like, and I, I, okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yep, it's definitely my right side of my face, especially my cheek. That's mine's right here on my cheek. Yeah. It's very warm. Mm -hmm. Well, that would, for me, I mean, it could be um, just she's picking up because she's tuning in to listening to you speak. But I'm just going to go ahead and say that's some type of activity, possibly. That could mean somebody's close by uh -huh. or something's close by. I'm not sure. Because, I mean, Emily, wouldn't you say, like, the fact that that's coming through in that way, could it be that? Do you feel it's that way, or do you feel it might have something more to do with just body? It feels weird. It literally feels like I've been outside in the sun all day, and I'm. It's, it just it's feels like on that side is where the sun's catching. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, like... Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I haven't... Yeah, no. Nah. Are you freaking out? You're not freaking out, are you? 
Now I'm just like, what in the world's going on? Like, cause it's kind of cold down here. Like when I right. say a 12 by 12 building, like we have two heaters going to keep it warm, but like this is near a window. Like this is okay. right at a window. And it's and the windows yeah, aren't sealed, it's drafty. Yeah, it's a drafty window, and I'm just like getting this warm sensation on my right side. And it's just strange because it hasn't happened that much and just interesting. I think it's I think it's paranormal because yeah. um when I first started feeling it, I felt in front of my face and I felt it there too. And I have a fan on, like I'm weird. I have the fan on in the winter, so it's cold as hell here, but my fan's on, and I feel a hot spot in front of my face. Hmm. I saw a girl standing at the window, because I'm what I'm seeing, like, your surroundings, I'm seeing plywood, and I'm seeing a window framed out, and I'm seeing a white window, like a white window pane, which is, I'm sure, pretty normal, but for whatever reason, I'm seeing plywood and, like, studs. I don't know why. I can show you right now the studs they're showing because we haven't completed the outside. It's only the white interior storm window thing. Okay. Like, it's like really thin paneling on a plywood kind of T11 outside. Right. I saw a girl like stand at the window and I see her hand. I see her hand touching the window and I'm getting a lot of weird feedback right now, too. Yeah, and you know what's really weird? Ghost right now, he's passed out, but I think he's uh, either dreaming or astral projecting, and he's making his little dream sounds. He's barking in his sleep. Yeah, that's weird. And he astral projects a lot. Yeah, I for whatever reason, I feel like it's there's somebody, it's a female, it's like super close by. Like I saw her at the window like put her hand up to the window like watching which that's not stopping anything from coming in but just so you know that's kind of the vision i got i don't when know you said- what this could have to do with it but like it's my cheek and now i'm like my ears getting really warm and then i just felt like this little on my ear like a push like I don't yeah know. She, she's standing to your right side and it's a young girl it's um she's got like light brown hair and I don't know if she's associated with you or the land. Hmm. I'm not sure. You don't know anybody that passed away at a younger age, maybe through brown, no later than 30. Oh, light I, brown hair. There are several. Uh, there, there's. Um, so my great aunt, uh, she's had a couple of kids, and even my great grandma, Clossie, the one that I was saying that I was smelling her cornbread earlier. Um, mm-hmm. She. So her daughter Inez, she's had uh, one son and one son die and one daughter die, but they were they were fairly young when that happened. Okay, um, and I'm seeing this girl more in period dress too, maybe. So it might not be related to y'all. More in period dress. Yeah, not I'll say period like uh, maybe like mid century, last century. Mid century. Well, I mean that 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 would have been about what they would have wore. Okay. Yeah, she looks uh, young. My my great aunt. She she's she's in her seventies. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like it's like she come and stuck her hand on the side of the glass, and then like I'm here. Like she's just wanting to people to know. Like she's got something to say. Basically, it just switched sides now. Now I feel it on my left. 
Hmm. Interesting. Well, we'll see how that develops moving forward. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. And oh, yeah, energy super high. I mean, like they're going to be magnets because, I mean, they know that. Okay, the spirit world rather knows that we're talking about this. They know you're talking about this. This doesn't have to be like, um, how can I say this? It doesn't have to just be in the area. Like they can be attracted to the whole thing because like there's people out there that's passed away that want to speak sometimes. And if you, the fact that y'all are sensitive, Emily's sensitive and I'm sensitive, we're creating like a fucking triangle, like just like your, you know, your, your picture there, a triangle of energy. So they're going to start coming towards us and it can be, you know, like Emily might be feeling it from you, but she could actually pick up on stuff there, even though she's hundred thousand miles away. <laughs> so crazy. But anyways, Brittany, do you have your origin? So when did you start seeing craziness? Like when did you start to realize that you were seeing ghosts and it was it common in your family? Was it so, like an accepted thing? People in my family did not discuss it. This was something that I have discovered <coughs> as I've gotten older. A lot of my family is very sensitive, but nobody talks about it. <laughs> like, everybody's like, no, mm-mm. And then, like, my uncle is the reason why I know that a lot of us are. He is very sensitive as well. But um, my sister okay. and I was climbing a tree in the backyard <laughs> We had this giant black heart cherry tree in the backyard that we would just go up at all the time. And she had told me that she had been seeing somebody near the woods that she'd go talk to. And I was like, really? No, you haven't, Jessica. You? Like, we hang out all the time. And she goes, well, when you go inside sometimes and I don't, I, I talk to somebody. I was like, okay. So I didn't think too much about it. But then, like... We had been hanging out in the tree for like 30 minutes and we looked over towards the well house and clear as day, there's a boy that looks like he might be 18 to 20 in a, the Confederate gray uniform just standing oh, wow. at the well house. And he waves at us, just smiling, waving, like he knew we see him. And Jessica waves like crazy and she's just lit up that she sees him again and she goes that's Trenton Brittany that's the guy I've been talking to oh wow and then naming and I everything like, I was like that's that's Trenton and she's like yeah come say hey with me I was like I think I'm gonna stay over here how old were you about this time I was four <laughs> it started wow. when I was four when I started seeing stuff I was just like I think I'm gonna stay over here and so I let her go talk to Trenton and I hung out in the tree and then came down and we played little house on the prairie in the playhouse but <laughs> right we like she would talk to me about it and like oh, that's crazy oh that was grandma icy show wasn't it that's weird our light just died and it has never done this and it just like done this weirdest shit but um like it, it flickered it flickered like three times. times and then just died and that was that's weird you're like your all of your light down there? Well, our lamp that's to the left of Ethan, like the lamp that we I, I, we normally use it because we have a platform for the bed, so the light doesn't reach down here. So yeah. we have a lamp and a light strip. 
The oh. bulb was like the bulb came out. It was completely loose. That's crazy. It was completely loose. And it just came loose and like flickered while we've been on the phone right now. And I'm telling you these stories. I have a question. Now, um, is Ethan sitting to your right on the same side you're feeling the warmth or on the other side? He's on my left right here. And I told and I said that I felt it switch on both on the side, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering. And then the left of him is where the light unscrewed. Yep. Uh-huh. I'm thinking that it's it's wanting more attention on it where we changed the topic. Yep. That's the way I saw it, like, because I'm seeing your space, mm -hmm. and I, I see this lamp over to your left as well, just to validate. Like, I had a feeling you were sitting next to, like, you're talking about the window. Well, you're sitting, like, that way, but I see it flipped. When I see stuff astrally, for some reason, it's always flipped, but I felt like, for me, I felt like the lamp's on the right side, but for some reason, I knew it was on the left. I don't know. That's weird. Mm -hmm. Did it ever cut back on, or is it completely done? Ethan had to screw the light bulb back in. Yeah, the light bulb screwed completely loose. I saw a woman standing over it with her hands, like holding her hands over it. So I don't know. This this woman's kind of creeping me out. I don't think it's a family member. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't think it's related to y'all. I think it's wanting attention, though, because we changed the topic to get to my origin, and then... A light goes off. Uh, well, yeah. I've always had kind of like a little bit of a creepy feeling about the woods back behind my mom. Yeah, down here, which is where on the right is to the woods where y'all had the experience with the window a while ago. Okay. So it may have just crept up from the woods, crawled in, and then was like, I'm a mess with them. Let, let me get y'all's <laughs> attention, dang it. Yeah, and this is going to the air. This is going back to the whole area and the theory that I that many of us have that have either lived in Stokes County and experienced it or just know about it. Like the whole place is haunted, and I have several reasons why I think this. But it's like this ghosty is not letting us get through the freaking the question. It's very interesting that it paused. It really is. I see a white face. Like no, you don't. Come on. <laughs> no i i do i do i see a white face and it got all distorted so last night in my living room uh v was getting ready to leave for work and i saw basically like a reaper but it didn't have a st it was like a cloak and it had a white face that's not what i'm seeing though it's like you know in the wizard of oz where they get to the wizard guy and you see the projection of the face yeah that's what it looks like but it's just pure white Inter yeah that's what i'm saying the f it didn't have a face the face i saw last night had no face it was just white oh i saw i see like it's i see like parts where eyes would be it's kind of like shadowed there but it's like you don't see the actual eyes okay yeah i didn't see anything last night i just saw black like it had a black cloak and a white face that's weird as fuck and i'm gonna tell you what i was seeing when i lived out on hensdale road was a cloaked figure i actually shared something similar with Brittany earlier when we were chatting or whatever about things that i've seen it's actually like native american which i think has a lot to do with this too but mm -hmm. i guess we'll try to go ahead and get back on topic with Brittany and your origin story. So it started when you were four and the first thing you saw was the Confederate soldier. And that happened after your sister made you aware she was talking to somebody. Yes. 
jumping into that was with the entity that she was seeing. Yeah, the cloak. the cloak entity that you were talking about. The funny thing is, That's so stuff, ain't it? it's like <laughs> it all happened within a few months. Like it started, I seen him outside. It was the start of like fall. And I seen Trenton, the Confederate soldier. I don't know for sure if that's his name. And I want to pay him respect and apologize if I'm wrong and if we don't know his name properly. But he was just a very friendly young male spirit that would just pop in sometimes and check on us as children. But from that, within a few months, my great-grandma, Husey, who was Clark Lawson's wife, passed away and I didn't know that she had passed away I was at home and my mom and my dad had been talking in the kitchen and whatnot and me and my sister was already in our bedroom and I said like good night and I didn't know like there was like anything was happening but my dad I heard the car crank and he left but I didn't know where he went or anything I thought maybe he had to go get something well, as the night goes on, I sleep, and I wake up out of my sleep, and, like, I, I was facing the wall, and I just woke up completely out of a dead sleep, and I had the feeling to turn over, and I rolled completely over and looked, and my grandma, Husey, was clear as day, right beside my bed, standing to the right of my bed, and her and my great-grandpa, Clark, that killed himself two years before I was born, was standing with her, clear as a day. They both smiled wow. at me. They waved. And I was like, I waved and I said, good night, grandma. And I, I just closed my eyes and I went to bed. I didn't think anything of it. I thought that maybe she came to visit while I was already asleep. So I was like, maybe my parents didn't know she was coming. And anyway, I woke up the next morning and I, I came out of the room and I was mad at my mama. I was like, why didn't you tell me? And she was like, what are you talking about, Brittany? I was like, why yeah. didn't you tell me Grandma Husey was coming over? I'd have stayed up for that. She looked at me and her jaw dropped. And I was like, why didn't you tell me she was coming over, Mama? She said, baby, your Grandma Husey didn't come over. And I was like, yes, she did. She was in my room with the man. Who's the man? Does she have a boyfriend? And she looked at me even more confused. And she goes, what did the man look like, honey? And I was like, well, he was tall and skinny. And he had on a white t-shirt and blue over, like, blue jean overalls. And he was just, he had on work boots. And I was like, and then I was just standing next to my bed. And she just shook her head. And she goes, baby, your grandma Husey couldn't have came over last night. I was like, but she was here. And she explained to me. You, you remember the car leaving last night? And I was like, yeah. And she said, your daddy went to the hospital. Your grandma Husey died last night, baby. Oh, wow. And. Old chills. I was like, no, she didn't. She was here. You can't tell me she, she was here. <laughs> like. And then my mom, I hadn't seen my great grandpa yet. Like they hadn't put any of his pictures out. Like my parents didn't want me asking where he was because he killed himself. They didn't want that question coming up. Right. So they hid all the pictures. There was one picture of him holding my sister the month after she was born, the month he killed himself, like right before Christmas. 
He's holding my baby sister. She hasn't had her cleft palate surgery yet. And he's just looking down at her. He's wearing a white t-shirt and blue jean overalls and work boots and just holding my sister. Wow. And I was like, that's the man, mama. And she goes, baby, he's been gone for a while. And like... Yeah, now that was the second experience, and it was all while I was still four. And so I was like, but they was in my room. Like, yeah. And so within a month after that experience, I woke up out of a dead sleep. And this one makes me shaky to talk about. It's still, I don't understand it. I woke up out of a dead sleep. And everybody in my house was still asleep. My sister was asleep in her bunk bed. My mom and dad was in the room between me and the kitchen. Like, we had their room, and then there was another door in our room. But I could sit up in my bed and look straight out my bedroom door into the kitchen. And I woke up dead out of a sleep and sat straight up and looked that way. And there was this black figure that looked like it was levitating a few inches above the ground and dripping something. And it just had these weird drapes around it. It looked like I couldn't see it. It was pitch black. I just seen darker in the darkness draping yeah. there. And it was like, it couldn't come into the bedroom. Like it was trapped in the kitchen, but it was staring at me. Like I could feel it watching me. It was something was holding it back, keeping you out, keeping it out of your bedroom. It was keeping it out of my parents, too. Like, it had it two rooms away from me. But I wow. I was like, I closed my eyes, and I was like, I couldn't say my R's, so I'm going to be honest with you. I was like, in Jesus Christ's name, I pray, go away. And I said it like oh. four or five times and opened my eyes, and it was gone. And the, the kitchen just illuminated more light in it again. And after that, I started trying not to see stuff. Like, when I would see stuff, I would try to ignore it for a long time. Like, right. I was That's like, understandable. That, I don't know what that was. I had a theory that it was demonic. But Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's because the problem is, is like when you start to see things, you're not just going to see the good spirits. You're going to see the bad ones, too. And that's the filter that, you know, that you some people after as you get older, you can filter them out and push them out. Mm -hmm. Some people just start off seeing bad shit. You know what I'm saying? The fact that you started off seeing relatives and stuff, that's actually a very uh, blessed ability. You're actually very, very clairvoyant. Like you are extremely clairvoyant. Like, that was the the first three. And then after that, I was like, nope, for several years until as I'm still blocking it out, I'm like, I reached about eight to 12 years old and I'm in the house, like I said, and this is still over there on Brown Mountain. We found Native American artifacts all the time and... I'm just, I'm trying to go to sleep. I have, like, I experienced insomnia from a very young age. And so I'd stay up late just laying in my bed and looking at nothing for a while. And as I'm laying there, I started hearing something. Like it was coming, like, from outside. 
and it wow. looked like something morphed into my bedroom window. And when it did, it had like, it like the best way I can explain it is I thought it was a troll. Like it looked spiky on the back and it had like pointy ears and it like, it was going straight for my sister and she was asleep. Wow. And I was, I was like, no, like you're not getting my sister. And my sister bullied me my whole life, but I, I couldn't let this thing that I didn't know what it was get to my sister. I threw my pillow at it and it hit it. I don't know what. And like, it like made a thud and then my pillow came flying back at me really hard. It hit me and I just pulled my blanket over my face and it said in this weird voice and I still remember it was like, I'll be back at six o'clock. And I'm like, what the, what, what, what does it mean? It'll be back at six o'clock. I didn't what go back fuck? to bed. I like, I didn't sleep at all that night when, when the sun came up, I turned the light on. I didn't sleep that whole day. I was like, uh-uh. Uh-uh, I wouldn't sleep either. And the fact that it said 6 o'clock is really fucking freaky, man. Like, clear as day, 6 o'clock. And it has never left me. I had been trying to block this stuff out since that thing at 4. And that, when, about 4 years later, I heard what that figure looks like. What the theory is what they're called. And I was like, Mom, okay. that's what I've seen way back when. And she's like, no, it's not. I was like, yes, it is. But what is the name of that? Uh, now, what? let me let me just clarify real fast. Now we're moving into what we would call uh, cryptid, correct? Or cryptid or even like a Native American mythology figure, it's correct? Am I right? It's a Native American. It, they used okay. to work with Native Americans, actually. Okay. They're, they're puck wedgies. They're little oh. troll-like creatures that can take other forms, but they're said to want to have a purpose. A purpose. A they job. Want, they want a job. They want a relationship with people, or they want like like a way to to like calm one if you're being tormented is to give them a garden, like give them a little berry patch or something at the foot of your yard, so they can have food and like a place of their own where they have something. That's interesting. Like, like they're wanting to be, they're wanting to be human. Yeah. This is generally only in like forested areas. Yeah, though. like they're mainly forested. Like I don't think you have to worry about puck wedgies in, in cities. In a city. Like, like don't don't go planting berry gardens yeah. at, at the, the face of the road. <laughs> yeah, don't. <laughs> right. But um, I learned about it because there was a group, like a, a ghost hunting group on TV. I think it was like. Tennessee Ghostland after they had changed names to something else, but they, they was doing a story on it and they was helping this family that was being tormented by it. And puck wedgies used to help the native Americans, but they're clumsy creatures. And so the native Americans saw them to be more of a nuisance instead of a help and stopped letting them hang out with them and being a part of them. Right. And outcasted them. And then Puck Wedgies wanted revenge. And so they would try to lure people out by themselves. And they're said to be the kind of creature that would push you off of a ledge of a like a cliff if they got the chance. Yeah, so they're double crossing. And, you know, I think these creatures exist in other, like, 
realms. They interact with our realm. They ex they coexist. Uh, it's just like Fae. It's almost like they would exist in a Fae realm. Does that make sense? I, can I, like I, I have so, so when she started telling about her her Pukwudgie experience, it reminded me of actually the true first experience I ever had. Okay, I was cool. like five or six, maybe even seven, but. My mom used to work third shift, and I would wake up, and uh, I, I just want to go talk to her and tell her hey and whatnot, but, and let her go back to bed. So I go into the room that she's sleeping in. It's very dark in here, like excruciatingly pitch black, more dark than it has ever been before. And I can't really see anything, but I hear just this gremlin-like cackle and footsteps start moving towards me. I run Ugh. and jump on the bed where my mom was supposed to be sleeping because it freaked me out. And I'm padding all over the bed trying to find my mom. She's not there. I jump off the bed, run out of the room, close the door behind me, and I'm just absolutely crying and bawling. And I ask my, my grandma where my mom is. And she said, she's in the room in there. And she opens the door and you can see light coming in from the window outside now. Like, and we go in there and she's lying on the bed, like right at the edge of the bed. If I had jumped up on the bed, it would have startled her. It would have woken her in some way. I wow. think I now, got taken to another realm temporarily. I heard astral. When, when you were telling me that, it sounded like an astral experience. Like I heard it and I heard the words in my head, astral realm or astral experience. It was weird. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's creepy. That is crazy. That's a that's much. Now now both okay, so Brittany, you said you grew up kinda of, you grew up in the northern Stokes, Brown Mountain area. Now was this in the same area as well? So you've pretty much been in Stokes County uh your whole life as well, Ethan? Yes. Okay. Uh I, well, except for uh, a small stint when I was a baby. I lived in Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah, there's I think the, the scariest and craziest things I've ever experienced in my life have been in that county. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Now, in references to the Indians and stuff, or the Native Americans, rather, um, the so it was the Sara. It's different names. I call them the Sara Indians or Sara Native Americans. They called them Sarah. I've done a little research on the different names. They had all kinds of names for, for this tribe based on who was working with them and how they spelt it in the pronunciation. But Walnut Cove is Upper Sartown, and then Madison is the Lower Sartown, which makes kind of no sense because Madison's actually more northern on the map. But that's kind of where they settled around the 1670s. Now, the um, they were attacked by another Indian tribe, 
and I believe it's pronounced the uh, Senesi, Senaski, or so it starts, it's S-E-N-E-C-A. And they were attacked and moved out of this area by another Native American tribe. It wasn't actually like English settlers. So the fact that you're finding all of that stuff up there on the mountain and everything, like the arrowheads, the all that stuff, they didn't even settle up there. I'm wondering if that's from the like attack where they were put trying to like fend off the people because that kind of stuff. I'm sorry. The Tories. There's Tory Indians in this part of Stokes. Okay, see, I didn't find any of that. So if I'd like to hear a little bit about that if you know anything. That's so that's interesting. My fifth great grandfather had to fight them off. That was that that's, was that's, how he was. Oh, okay. All this so that's um and now his name again was I'm sorry. It was uh his real name was John, but there was two Johns, so he went by Jack Martin. He built the Tits. four story rock house. Say that one more time. It completely cut out, oddly oh. enough. His name was what? It was his original, like, so there was two Johns, so he went by Jack Martin, and he's okay. the one that built the rock house. Gotcha. So it's John Martin, though, correct? Yeah, that's his legal name, but everybody everywhere refers to this one as Jack because he, he like, he went by Jack because there was another John in the military, too. Gotcha. Now I did re I actually read about him when I was doing my research. So that's really cool. Um, that's my other family. That's my mom's side of the family. I got the Lawson's on my dad and the Martin's on my mom's. So I read about all this and there is no, there's no historical information that I could find on Google that matches what you're saying. And I'm not saying that it's a, a fib by any means. So this is a family story then. So you're saying that your fifth great grandfather had to fight this tribe for the land that he got, gave um, to him? Well, the Tory Indians. On the, on the plaque, it says something about Yeah, the on the plaque at the rock house it mentions the tory indians being a part of the people he had to battle during the war and whatnot oh okay i got you so see i'm sorry i did it does not say that on google so that or some um, the stuff that i said or i read so that's interesting and probably needs to be updated then because that adds a whole nother layer to like my thoughts you know too because I'm, I'm developed my thoughts based on my based on my experiences and also on what I read. So it gives me ideas. So that's, that's interesting. I'm so surprised. That's not the information's not out there. Like that's really cool. I mean, that's really not something that a lot of people are really looking into though. Yeah. No, not many people True. Are into it. Like there's also another tribe. I don't think was the Tories that settled over here at peach gut. Yeah. Yeah. That was a completely different tribe, completely different <laughs> from the Tory. And that that's right here at the bottom of brow mountain peach gut was called Pinch Gut because the natives starved there a lot because there wasn't fish in the river. That may have been Lumbee. Like, uh, yeah, no, there's a lot of native stuff that's in Stokes County that I guess is more of a local knowledge thing. Uh, very much so. And I would honestly like to get up there and I know we're going to have to get together and hang out at some point. Um, for sure and i'd like to go do some stuff like that with y'all if you'd be interested oh yeah and actually i would love to see it I, I have a theory for why brown mountain is called brown mountain uh-huh or at least the the brown mountain in stokes county yeah he has a theory behind it which really makes a lot of sense because there's also theories amongst my family that have lived here for all these years 
Because where I seen the puck wedgie as a child, there's been a Native American scene in my grandma's house. Uh, there's a hill on the mountain that will not grow trees. It barely grows weeds. Like Wow. And we're pretty sure it's a burial hill. Like the entire Oh, world. so it's a mount. Okay. Like, and Ethan believes that it might be the whole mountain. The side of it with all the hills was, and that's why it was called Brown Mountain, because it was the mounds of burial spots. You'd see a brown streaks all over the mountain. You know what? You could very well be right, because the, if I'm not mista mistaken, which I could be, don't hold me to this, folks, here, but the Pilot Mountain area, there is a ley line wheel, the Pilot Mountain wheel, around um and it, it pretty much goes out in six different directions and you know that area is pretty much parallel or on the same like degree as pilot mountain and then at the very tip top of this wheel there is um moundsville west virginia which is there it's an indian mount literally right across the street from the west virginia penitentiary i went and visited last year and that is the very that is literally the very tip top of the pilot mountain ley line wheel so it's very possible that there could be burial grounds out where you're talking about because there is also another mount it's the serpent mount actually out in uh, i can't remember the state but it's it's another part of the wheel and it all mathematically lines up so what you're saying is very very possible and probably very valid mm -hmm. hmm. yeah. yeah that's a whole nother subject and i think that's one of the reasons why stokes county's so uh energetically the, so the native americans knew that this land was sacred i think it's sacred land to be honest to them it was hollow ground and i think it was hollow ground way before even you know even 500 years ago like this has been ancient this is ancient ground something else happened here and i'm not sure what it was but i will say that all of the indian wars i think the native americans they basically invoked some type of spirit of war that is not very kind and this place has seen a lot of death and i think there's layers to it it's not just the native american stuff i think it has to do with the courts uh native american you know people living there and then the next uh when people came from europe you only really had scott irish people and german people that were escaping europe for religious prosecute uh you know, prosecution because everything was going Christian and Catholic. Well, that's not part of their root beliefs. You know, there was a lot of magic and like, you know, that's kind of where granny magic came from. Mm -hmm. So you have that. And then, then you had the English settlers come in after these people, you know, cause the uh, native Americans had cleared out and been pushed out because of the wars, unless they helped with the wars. There's just so much, there's so many layers of stuff out there that people don't even really know about. Like you said, cause people aren't looking into it. Yeah. Back back to the unkind war spirit that you, you you're referencing that they may have invoked, I I am very inclined to believe that because the so up until just very recent years, Stokes County had the highest suicide rate in all of North Carolina. I just I listen. Didn't. I was literally looking that up, like right when we were starting to talk about. Um, your, you said, I don't know if you said it was when your grandfathers or uncles who committed suicide, I was literally looking that up to see what the, it was, the suicide rates were. 
uh, yeah, like when we were in high school, we, we were, were the highest suicide rate county in North Carolina. Like we'd have meetings about this regularly in school because kids were killing themselves all the time. Like we, that's awful. Like kids, adults. Another thing, like right down here, right, like not even. There's a situation where similar cases have happened with different people, like women killing their husbands and cutting them up right yeah. down the road here in Stokes County. And throwing them into ditches. Yeah. That's that's awful. Women. And like, I actually have a story, you know, I've sh actually shared that with Emily on her YouTube channel. I don't know if I've actually highlighted it on the podcast yet because it's not really something I want to technically highlight. But very, very briefly, when I lived on Hinsdale Road, my neighbor, he was elderly. He fought in World War Two. Um, his son had passed away in surgery and a couple years later he was in on his way to passing his breathing was at like 75% and I was outside riding my bike because that was just the way I liked to exercise at the time because I had just had a baby and I was trying to get back into shape and stay healthy and I heard a gunshot well 45 minutes went by and I heard his wife screaming and me and my grandmother run over there and he had actually committed suicide beside the tree and we were the first people on scene and this was out on Hens in Stokes County. So there's another validating thing. And unfortunately, his family, he was like the third or fourth person in his family to do that. So yeah, that's Can I nuts. say something really quick? Mm -hmm. My guides, um, the reason I was looking up the suicide rate for your county over there was because my guide was saying that there's something going on with that land. And I was writing this down too. There's a snake entity and he's like, um, it's a big, big evil snake entity and it feels like he is, or I should say it has many like underling like entities. And I think chastity where it comes with the entity that you face. And I think it's kind of like, I don't know if it's a native American thing, like with the whole, um, war stuff and the, um, deities they invoked, but I feel like it's part of it. And it's also part of the issue with the uh, suicides there. Cause I was gonna ask when you were talking about like family um, suicides, if there were any other family members that committed suicide, because when I was speaking with the spirit that, you know, I assume was Marie, she showed me a noose and usually that's my sign for suicide so that's why i kept like digging into it as you guys were talking about it yeah right and right. first and first what you're talking about the snake entity that is the entity that is it's the type of entity i felt like i was dealing with with my haunting that was picked up in stokes county like my 15 year ordeal with my ex-husband and all that it's it was it looked like a snake i would feel even when i started dealing with it i'd feel like there would be a snake crawling up between me and v like even after me and my ex-husband split so first and foremost and that was dealing with my ex-husband's issues and the issues with his family rather and then uh, the things that they've experienced and second just to clarify the and you can correct me if i'm wrong Brittany, but the, her your great or your grandfather or great grandfather that committed suicide his name was clark lawson and he was the cousin of charlie lawson that did that to his family so yes you're right and um chas the picture you showed me 
that you took when you went with your sister to that place and you sent me the little mm -hmm. uh, zoomed in versions of it. I saw a snake in that doorway. That you did. did. You did. And I'll have to send y'all uh, a link, a copy to the, I'll send it to you here in just a second. Okay. It's what I, it's some stuff I got while I was at Madison dry goods. So I went and visited Friday to kind of get some B roll and some footage. Cause we don't normally do video, but I wanted to add a little bit in because this is kind of a big, big story right now. I mean, even, you know, the whole Netflix show and everything and just it, it ties into the, to the lower Sartown uh, Indians, you know, that are the Native Americans that, you know, actually settled there. And it ties into the Lawson family tragedy as well. So it's, it's so much interwoven and it, it's crazy. It's not. I also honestly. wanted to add to when I was speaking to that spirit of Marie, um, it, she made it feel like she was going to commit suicide, but then she was either stopped or, um, didn't do it yeah right and that makes sense that makes sense too uh what we she feel um emily feels like she connected with the daughter of charlie earlier when she was kind of checking out some stuff about it before we we got on so that's what she's referring to mm -hmm. she got a lot of really interesting stuff when since we're kind of on that subject is there anything that you want to add about the situation uh Brittany, about charlie lawson and the tragedy in the family so with charlie lawson's family and you know, all like so it started he he started in the barn with the little kids before he went inside. And like, I just, it, you talking about the snake entity, like when you just, when you said that, and I, I had the vision of him going towards the kids. Snakes go for the young first. Yeah. Like, it was wow. like it took him it just got the, over it. My gut is telling Chastity, me. did I not say that before we got on? I said he was influenced by this negative evil entity thing to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree that he was under attack or mm -hmm. under yeah. like influence, basically. So mm -hmm. that's interesting. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, you're fine. Um, but like that just it validates to me some of the inner thoughts I've had, like where my brain went to that. It's like my, my gut's telling me that it, it was the entity led him to the children first and made him start the way he did it. But it is passed down secret between cousins and aunts and whatnot. They like, I've heard that he had that oldest daughter pregnant. Nobody yes. has confirmed. Nobody has proved it wrong. But that is something that I have heard from the family as well, that they haven't proved wrong, that they are still kind of speculating themselves because they don't understand it. Right. And there's like a lady that has talked to one of the cousins back in the day, and she wrote a couple books about it. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it talks about that in the books. Like they busted all that out on the news and these new, and I can send you a copy of these if you haven't ever seen them. They're like five minute clips. There's five episodes they did over a certain amount of time right before Christmas. I think like a week in a row. So they took like five minute segments out of the newscast and put the story in it. And they busted that out through one of the 
uh, cousins, because one of the cousins, I can't remember her name, she's passed away now. She was very elderly when she's like, the truth needs to finally come out. She spilled the beans. Mm-hmm. You might, you probably knew who she was. If I had her name, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. I've got notes and stuff that I wrote down to try to get everybody's names, you know, in line, but it had to be one of your family members. Mm-hmm. You see, my my father was so my father's grandpa was clark and clark was either first or second cousins to charlie like they were pretty close and they had not like they knew each other growing up i'm pretty sure right and you know that side of the family they didn't really want to talk too much about it growing up and then after like clark he committed suicide December 23rd, 1996. None of them talk about that being suicidal or anything. Like, they've all kept you that. To- wow, too. it totally like, just cut out. Like, it went oh. right when you were about to say that. That is nuts. Yeah. Like, that's something that's been kept very quiet, though, that he killed himself. Like, like on his tombstone, it doesn't elude anything. It's like absent from the body, presence with the Lord. And yeah. I don't know, I just, it's strange how little the the Lawsons want to discuss the suicide within their family. Like, the suicide, the murders, everything, they want to keep it quiet. Well, most of the family left. A lot of them did leave. The, The cousins in Virginia are the few that stayed in Virginia, and that group, they're so daggone crazy. Some of them have shot at each other, like... My dad's mother, her brother shot at her when my dad was born. Like, he witnessed this kind of crazy out of them. They're just, they're not right. I don't know how to explain it. That's what, yeah, that was kind of a question I was going to ask you. Do you feel, because me and you had spoke a little bit about um, how, like, people are stuck in a loop. And then certain families and just people from the general area of Stokes uh, County, Rockingham, even north of the the state line in Virginia. Would you say that they all have like the same kind of mentality about life, the same kind of attitude, like any type of negative emotions uh, that are associated with just life in general? Like they just have kind of a down and out kind of view. Would you say that's probably something about Everybody the gist of how they act? Blues. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And see, that's like that very well. And I mean, this is just a pos a theory, you know, theory. So, and just from knowing how entities and stuff work, there very well could be some form of family curse that is present even before Charlie Lawson did all that. And it's kind of like you have these thoughts. So you have your own thoughts and then you have in um you know influence thoughts and then you have what i call like divine whispers so it's almost like the angel and the devil sitting on your shoulder and when you have certain types of energy attached to families that come from in the form of family curses you'll have these influential thoughts negative thoughts that just like plow through your head that aren't really your thoughts even though they kind of come in that way Mm -hmm. and uh makes me wonder if that's kind of what's going on with that family uh because it's there's a you know there's a negative energy around all that Mm -hmm. that would make a lot of sense actually and like yeah out of what i've witnessed through the family of 
that group that I did get to experience growing up, they all have a very negative mindset, most of them. There was two sisters that moved to California that had a better mindset for a little while. And then they came back and then moved back to Virginia. And then uh, I never seen them after they moved back. Like I, we went on one family dinner and then like they, they quit talking to my, my dad and like our family. So wow. it's strange. It really is just in general the area the the people and it's not like because see i've got blood uh, relatives from like danbury and stuff as far as i know like the first uh the the last relative the one that i knew was my great grandmother Anne, and she was from danbury um and so i've got blood up there so i don't say this with any disrespect like i get it but everybody up there has a certain mentality a lot of people have a certain mentality and they either get out of the area and or they they transform like their way of thinking i don't know how to explain it is that does that make sense like they just either they break out of it or they just get in this loop and they get caught up in bad shit. does that make sense it does completely yep. we're fighting it every day yeah, you're hitting <laughs> the nail on the head like so with my my connection through the cousin, that grandpa that killed himself right at Christmas too, that one is still a mystery too in the family. Like, and I have like some family says that they think he might have been sick and he didn't tell people and he didn't want to suffer. I have always had an underlying feeling that some sort of entity influenced him. And I might be wrong, but I'm wondering if it isn't his connection to Charlie, if the snake entity didn't send one of its, this, like, branches where you said it might have little worklings. worklings, if one of its worklings isn't what took his cousin years later. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I, I feel too. that way. For sure. Remember that guy that you were... Uh... Uh, speaking with that uh, was apparently also related to you. Oh, yeah, Matt. Yeah, no, so there's a guy that I know that I've met since I've moved out that's a Lawson as well. And he is from the downer part, like southern part of Stokes County. And he's also related to the Charlie Lawson family through another way, but like Somehow we're both related and he's a loss. And anyway, we got to talking about it. And he and his sister are both very sensitive. And okay, so they went there and the entity attached to him for a while. And him and his sister oh. had to battle this thing to get it to leave him alone. But like it was he had suicidal thoughts, he said, while it was messing with him. Yeah, it plays on that. It plays on this. This I, I guess a curse. Lawsons come in in a, or in the early year. Like the Lawsons come in in like really early years too, to this area. Probably around the same time the Martins did. Like at the beginning. Yeah, it was probably so one of the first few families here. Uh -huh. Yeah, you got the Mabes, you got the Tillies, you got the Lawson. Like there's stand there's certain names in Stokes County that are really big, and it ultimately they're even though they might not be related like first, second, third cousin, they're all related somehow. Mm -hmm. Like way back when. Mm -hmm. I think the only few names that are big here that weren't here from the start are probably the Fulps. Right, right, yeah. Because I mean, everybody knows everybody up there. It's 
it's a big county and there's a lot of land, but it's, it's spread out. It's, there's no like, well, certain parts like King and certain parts of the inner, like Walnut, Walnut Cove only has what, two stoplights? Three. They have three stoplights in Walnut Cove. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not, you know, we're, we're for the folks that don't know that's listening to this, these are small places. Like a lot of the places are small. They're just spread out except for like King and stuff. King's got more of a central area. It has a Walmart, you know, and stuff like that in Stokes they County, particularly. I don't know why. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. They call King a city. I don't know why. It's right. It's no bigger than the rest of the towns we have really. Right, it's just got more stoplights. That's it. <laughs> yeah, it's just got more stoplights. But yep. So I guess that qualifies as a city. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the the, the Charlie Lawson thing. It's it, it. There's definitely an intertwining like theme going on here. With what you had said there about the big names of Stokes County, a lot of Stokes County families try to raise the children to keep the land in the family and stay in the land. Like, we're raised in this mindset that you're supposed to stay here and keep the family land going. Yep, keep it in your name, like, keep it in your kids. Right. Pass like, it down, pass it down, that pass is it down. fed through generations that that is the way we are supposed to do here. And so, like, we have big names, but that's because we're, like, fed from the time we're born that you're supposed to stay here, keep the family land going, keep it taken care of. This is the... Like, yeah, no, it's it's strange because we're centered around staying here from the time we're brought into here. I just realized we're treading the line between country music and emo music right now. (laughs) (laughs) Right? It's crazy. I'm going to die here. I hate my life. Or I'm going to die in the town I was born in. (laughs) Yeah. There's a tear in my beer, and I'm making all kinds of stuff out of my deer, and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. it's true, though. I mean, it's true. I mean, and it makes sense of why they would want you to stay and keep the land there, but at the same time, you have to question, like, besides those motives, what other things are pushing people hey, to say that? I think to I, keep the I got, bloodline okay, going. That, I don't know who just told me this. I just heard it. It was, that's why. I heard that's why, as in, you're trying to keep the land in your family, right? And I feel like it might be, cur- I, th- I mean, you were, we already assumed it was a curse, yep. but I feel like part of it is a curse because of that. Yeah, the blood, you're, the bloodline, the more, that's the family curse. Because stuff. I agree with that. They wanted the land, but there's other... Um, other people that live there as well so like the native americans also lived on that land and they're the kinds of people where they don't believe you can own land it's you know you just are there yeah yeah that makes sense yeah. I, I agree with that i never really thought of it from that perspective but that, yeah that makes a lot of sense <laughs> Yeah, the bloodlines, it's getting, it's traveling through the bloodlines and this, this curse or whatever is over this land that has been put on it. I'm, I feel strongly it was invoked out of um, revenge. Yep. That's how I feel too. Yeah. A lot of sense. You got double cursed. I do. I got it on the part of but. 
Because the Martin where he fought the Tories, I've always had a very bad feeling about that. Like, I can't help it. That was before I was born. I hate it happened. I don't know right. how it for those actions. Like, but I know that I'm, like, I've experienced. So, along the topic of where you had asked about other family members that have committed suicide, nobody has that I am aware of. My sister tried when we were younger. She failed. She tried to hang herself, actually, by a tree branch, and the tree branch broke and hit her in the head. Wow. And then uh, my dad, actually, when he and I quit having the relationship, I was, like, 15, and my parents had just went into a divorce. I had just had my first big heartbreak and a boyfriend kind of situation and I was very depressed and didn't my sister was telling me she wished I was dead and my dad looked at me and said I know you're thinking it so am I so instead of killing ourselves let's shoot each other and where his grandpa killed himself I wholeheartedly believed he was wanting to do it like that's correct. And it's like something's just driving them to like feel this way. Uh-huh. And like at that time, I had a pistol in my hand a few months before that and almost done it, but then I put it down like it is a very overwhelming negative feeling over my family, I believe. But, so when you when you had this in your hand, mm-hmm. like was it did it feel like there was just a bunch of thoughts running through your head that normally wasn't there like normally shouldn't be there or was it just like a During impulsive time, i don't know because my sister was also she had just told me she wished i'd have just killed my, myself and like i was most, my family was very negative toxic environment at that time most of the thoughts right. that were probably running through your heads were were not normal thoughts based on how they were treating y'all yeah right I'll, it's just strange it's it's strange and it's 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 heartbreaking honestly it's at the end of the day it's it's a heartbreaking thing that people have such a hard time with you know you get so that's the main goal of a negative entity and a demonic entity is to make you so low that you finally just do it or to convince you to do things like that that you are not wanting to do after Clark had killed himself was when my dad would start threatening us that he would go Charlie Lawson on us. Yeah. And that's not funny. Like, and he, like he would beat the heck out of us. Like he'd come home in a bad mood and he would like choke my sister up against her bunk bed and like just beat the living shit out of us. My mom didn't never get between us. And my dad, he, he didn't see it as being wrong. Like he thought that it was fine to be this way. And right. I wholeheartedly kind of believe there was an entity influencing my family a lot growing up. Cause like he also shortly after Husey had died, he um experienced, he was working third shift and he had went in to lay down and something dark like got on his chest and was holding him down on the bed and he was trying to get up but it wouldn't let him and then when it finally disappeared he ran into the living room and did not go to bed that night like that day he stayed up with us that day and then went to work and came home that night like it messed him up whatever he seen on him
I'm wondering if there was if there was a way to like I don't know measure this, but like in your family, I'm wondering how many of you guys that are sensitive or can pick up on this stuff, how many of y'all had those impulses, even though you know you didn't commit any suicide or anything, how many of y'all had the feeling of doing it? Like, I'm kind of curious because I feel like the ones that are the most sensitive are the ones that are more likely to um, have those thoughts or impulses to do those things. Because you said your father was sensitive, you're sensitive, your sister's sensitive, and your, did you say your uncle or your grandfather was sensitive? Both my biological siblings are sensitive, and all three of us have had negative self-harming thoughts. My brother has had violent thoughts against other things, but, like, not like us, but, like, I'm worried about the boy because he's around. My mom has him in a very toxic situation that is not good for him given the family history, and I don't like it at all, but... They won't allow me to speak to him, but um, he is sensitive and does not like it. My sister is very sensitive and has had negative thoughts a lot and is very, she is a very toxic person. Like, it is very, like, I love her to death. I really do. I hate that I haven't been able to have a relationship, but every time I do, she tries to make my life a living hell. That's crazy. It's like family turning against family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... It is very intense sometimes. Yeah. But, yeah, no, with, with the sibling things, all three of us are very sensitive. And my uncle that I found out is sensitive is he's into a lot more stuff than I knew. And from the time that we were kids, he was trying to start doing protective things for us. Like he knew that we were in some crap from both sides of our family, I believe. And uh, he, I don't know how, what his thoughts have always been like. He keeps to himself a lot. I know that when he was a teenager, I'm, I don't know. I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to embarrass him or anything. But he um he played with a Ouija board in my grandma's house when he was a teenager. And after that, he experienced a lot of very crazy stuff. And like he had bells hung up all in his room so that if energy passed it, it would let him know. Like, he he just, he had stuff hung up in his car, and, like, he went all out in trying to protect himself in different things. I don't know what he done. I don't know what he opened. I don't know what he's seen. But there's also more from that, I guess, too, in the area. Yeah, definitely. And Ouija boards are just portals, basically, that is used through the person that's using them. And just to not get off subject, but the bells... For those that's listening is a form of um, what people call Appalachian folk magic or granny magic. It's just like a it's just like hanging a corn cob above your door that has, you know, it would say negative or evil entities couldn't come in your house because they'd have to go through all the 
you know, little holes in the corn just to get through. It's kind of, you know, old wives tale, old wives tale. We had that debate earlier. <laughs> <laughs> but he had done all this stuff to try to protect me and my siblings from something. And where I had, I had mentioned to you that I'm pretty sure there's some more cryptic Native American entities in the mountain there too as well. Yeah. Like there's stories back to like my papa's either uncle or great uncle where he experienced something follow him through the entire mountain letting out a god awful shriek whenever he'd try to speed up or go around a curve or go over the hill. <laughs> so he finally got home unsaddled his horse and went upstairs and the family story has it that it walked on two legs it was tall and skinny and it walked around the house seven times and then down to the cow pasture and the next day when they woke up and went down all of the cows had a single slit in their nose like something was counting them and marking it as they was counting them that's some crazy shit. Now, that's also like some granny ma uh, granny magic tales, like or not tales, but like stories. But like, there's been stories passed down through family for years with stuff like that in the mountain in Stokes County. So, like, yeah. I'm sure more of my family is sensitive than are talking. But nobody is really coming up. Like, so I have cousins that will talk to me about it, and I have a sensitive cousin right in the same area. <clears throat> Sorry about that. But uh, I got a catch in my throat. <clears throat> but she and I have experienced a lot of stuff, and my f male cousin that's also, he's, like, we're all cousins, and we all grew up on the side of Brown Mountain. Their houses were both very haunted growing up as well. So I grew up in a haunted house. They did. We all like we all experienced a lot of stuff, and all of us have talked about it. They have like they haven't really discussed any negative thoughts of self to me. Uh, my female cousin is bipolar and has beat her mother up one time and got instituted for it. Wow. And her mother's also bipolar and has snapped like that on other people before. Like, it's a lineage of some crazy on that side that I, like, something is messing with them mentally that I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Um, and when I've been over there in their family's houses and stuff, I felt some strange stuff that I didn't quite feel in my house. But, like, it's, I feel like it's all underlying connected because they're closer to the hill where nothing will grow. Like, they're closer to that on the side of the mountain. That's crazy. Like, you were talking about the brown, like, rose. Is that what you're referring to? Um, On a... Like on Brown Mountain, there's well, the, the Brown uh, Rose was just a theory that I had. Yeah, in the oh, past. Okay. Like now it's kind of like grass, but like weeds and like trees and there, stuff there, don't there, grow in a lot yeah, of there, places. Yeah, there are strips where it just nothing will like grow substantially. It's just like bare field that sh like nothing's making it be bare field. That's strange. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, I, there's just so many stories, and it, it really ties into a lot of the Appalachian Mountains. Even though we're in, like, the Piedmont area, what's considered the Piedmont, there's still a lot of things, like, mm-hmm. that go on that involve mainly, to me, the more I see, like, creatures and stuff of the such and the more I research and just the more I get into this I feel it has a lot to do with just Native American like a lot of Native American things like it goes back to things being invoked and of the such and then again you know a lot of the relatives there they were um, they were you know of Scott Irish descent or they were of German descent and they bring their own type you know, a stuff in as well, because like I said, they were escaping religious persecution from Catholics. So, you see, Martins were from Ireland and escaping. Yep, that makes perfect sense. Yep. Well, I don't know which where the Lawsons were exactly from. I haven't done enough research on them. I guess it's because every time I've encountered that side of the family, it's very, very negative. Like, that's the side that my brother literally had a head injury that killed him at two, and he came back in the helicopter, and they didn't do anything, but he just came back after he died for a few seconds in the helicopter. Wow. Like, and my cousin on that side had hit him in the back of the head with a ball bat, and his, like, his brain was collapsed, was, his skull was collapsed in on his brain. They could do nothing in the helicopter, so there's no reason why when he died in the helicopter, he came back. But he did, and he said he seen a playground with Jesus shaking his head no at him. And I don't, like, he was two. Like, he turned three in the hospital. That was very traumatizing as children for us. Yeah, and does he remember? So he obviously remembers that because he's the one that saw it. He remembered it up until he was like four, and then he doesn't remember it at all. Okay, so it's something that he retold, he told like the family and the family remembers. Yeah, like I, I was eight when it happened and I remember him waking up and saying this to my mama and my mom crying and like worried because he, he looked at her and he's like I said, he turned three while he was in the hospital that day, like that weekend and he, he woke up. And he looked at my mama, who was standing with my cousin's mom, Jennifer, and he said, Mama, don't worry. I'm going to be all right. And, like, he he just turned three while he was unconscious through this whole thing. And he just woke up to tell my mama that first. And then the next time he woke up, he told her that he's seen Jesus shake his head no and a playground with kids playing. Wow, that was him, like, in heaven. That was, like, him or him transitioning over, like, where the children play, you know, and with all that. That's really cool. That's how I feel, at least. That's and, how I've always felt. Yeah. And, like, I, I, it chokes me up to talk about it, but, like, it's something that, like, that happened with the lost inside of the family, and that cousin showed no remorse for doing it. He actually laughed about it. And he said that he could have hit him harder. See, that's crazy. And, you know, a lot of people will say that this is just 
genes. It runs in the family, you know, like serial killer type tendencies. Mm-hmm. But also, too, they say serial killers where they get hit in the head with something and then it kind of, you know, goes in with the saying that they get hit in the head and then it just triggers something in their brain. Like a lot of the serial killers actually had some type of head trauma. And I'm not necessarily associating that completely with your brother. I'm saying like that's the trigger of people being serial killers, if that makes sense. But um, they say or it could be genes, but I don't think this has anything to do with either. Honestly, for that side of the family, I still hold firm on there's some type of curse put on the Lawson family. So while I was walking my dog on our little break, my guide was showing me. Um, it looked like branches, but like of a bloodline of a uh, family tree thing. And then how the branches kept getting, you know, longer and would break off and have more, you know, um, branches and stuff. And then I saw the head of a snake going up towards these family root things and each head of the snake was like eating at a person in the family and then I was seeing uh this snake entity hydra thing and it had multiple heads it's kind of like in the movie Hercules where you know he cuts off the head of the snake and then like a bunch more heads pop out well this entity has multiple heads and multiple facets and it's kind of just going up through the family or the bloodline of your family and you said there I think you said you were one of the original families in that area, which makes sense as to why a lot of issues are going on with the family. So that's why I mean, that's what my guides were showing me with the um, the bloodline, but with the snake entity, too, and all of its different heads going in up in this bloodline and then i saw like this um it was like a drop of water but it was red like blood and then it dropped into a bigger um thing of water blood or whatever and then it made ripples like a ripple effect if that makes sense yeah and then mind something that was going on earlier this this year um that was around the time that they were logging out all those spaces. Oh my goodness, you're right. And we were, we kept having those flashes of visions. Yeah, we kept seeing like we'd have flashes of different animals and stuff. Like Ethan got a a wolf. white wolf that was smiling in the most creepy way. And like there's been a white wolf killed that was killed smiling on that mountain, like while I was a child. But that's a different story. But um. We would get these flashes of animals while going by the mountain, and on the mountain, they have recently logged a lot of land that was owned by another distant cousin. Like, we're related through my grandpa's dad, and they was related through their grandpa, grandpa, something. Like, anyway, they were at the foot of the hill that I grew up on. And they decided to clear cut a lot of their lumber and they went in and clear cut over some of the Martin family cemetery. 
and while they were doing that was while we kept having these projections of like animals and flashes of things while we drive by the mountain just weird flashes of stuff up like in the woods it was weird yeah that's not cool that they did that over the cemetery that should be protected yeah no it was one of the martin cemeteries that was lost in the woods and they just clear cut right over it and left trash all over it and i'm very upset about it but like they they didn't do anything about it they didn't care they didn't tell them that they shouldn't mess up the cemetery I don't know what happened there, but, like, as they were doing that, things have kind of picked up on the mountain a little bit, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a lot. I mean, and you're causing issues by doing that because, you know, not only are they going over ones that were lost maybe two or three hundred years ago, there's all kinds of people buried out there in those hills. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting. You were talking about how there was a mound like mounds out there because that really Mm -hmm. does make a lot of sense it really does make a whole lot of sense with stuff and going back to the snake entity that emily was seeing now mind you i was dealing with a snake entity that i feel attached itself to my family from being up there too but Mm -hmm. while we took a break v come home and i played the i was talking to him and i played the message that emily sent me and he said this i want him to tell y'all real quick what did you say that's something i've seen all my life basically in multiple areas throughout that land it's it's something i think to do with indians or or not or native americans yeah, and it's like he's when he says like Atlanta, he means Stokes County, like different places in Stokes County, and he's seen it in his mind's eye, right? You didn't like see see it like out in the field. Like, how did you see it? It would be like visions of animals that come through, like certain areas that I'm in, certain things that I, uh, it, I mean, it depends. It can even be when I'm with people or alone it mainly happens alone and like, the places you've seen it like name wise well i've seen them in stewart uh virginia i've seen it in stewart uh very oh. westfield wanna cove area king you name it like i've seen it in quite a few places actually mm-hmm. this specific thing it has a long range yeah spirits mm-hmm. aren't bound to houses like people think they're only uh in a house if they're attached to that or the person that's living there yeah and depends on what it is and this for also about the omnipresent like energy i felt associated with the madison dry goods store the negative entity that's in there is a part of this it's all looped in together it's it's it literally has to do with the surrounding area up there so it's not just of course limited to the stokes county line it's literally the land there is an energetic so when you do when you talk about ley lines and earth lines and all that kind of stuff you know it's it's there's a or there's a magnetic like earth pattern or what do you want to call it like an energetic pattern um i'm spirit just told me like a grid that's it how this stuff works i don't Mm -hmm. know if that makes sense but that's 
yeah, that's what he had to say about it. Well, you also got to think that there are spirits that are way, way, way older than any of us. Yeah. Like, and they've been here longer than all the causes that have happened and the things that have went on. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, these spirits, they've operated for many, many years, detected, and then society's made it basically where they're not as detected. Like, there's... Everybody tries to rationalize before, like, thinking it's something else, and I think that's... It's ancient, you're saying. You feel it might be ancient. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I said that, and he don't... I haven't talked to him about a lot of... Because he wasn't here. He was getting ready for work. He hasn't heard me speak about anything, so he's just, like, fresh in it as, like, 20 minutes ago while we were taking our break, just to clarify, Mm -hmm. so... Yeah. Yeah, no, so back to the snake entity thing. I hadn't thought about it, and I don't think it's the same entity. But I I remember as a child, I, well, not child, it was like teenager years, me, my mom, my sister, my cousin, and my boyfriend at the time was going to take him home. And I don't know what it is, but there's a lot of people in my family and around the area that end up dating people right over the border into Patrick County. Like there's a, a lot of like my papa was here in Stokes County. My grandma was air at Virginia. My mom was Stokes County. My dad was air at my, like there's a, and then there's so many other non my family people that I've heard that have done this, that are lines of people doing this over the line kind of thing. And so I was dating a boy that was in Virginia at the time, which was weird, but we was taking him home and we was coming. Yeah, it was Sean. Uh, but uh, we was going over this creek and there was a man that used to live there, but he was killed in Stewart. And me, my mom, all of us, all five of us in the vehicle Seen him standing in the field in his white overalls. He'd always wear white overalls. And we seen him clear as day standing there. And just, we kept going. All of us kind of was sitting there kind of silent for a second. And then me and my cousin was finally like, did y'all see that? And they was like, yeah, y'all seen that too? And so we all finally started talking about it. And about that time, we started seeing a white snake like that would show up on the side of the road fall like popping up ahead of us sometimes like in the direction we were going and like the direction snake snake we like were going a, at the time was almost to where huh? was it like a snake like a real snake or are you talking about a vision of a snake like it was like a like all five of us seen it <clears throat> I'm getting a tickle in my throat. Hold on. Also, um, when you were talking about, like, it was a while back when you were talking about you felt like something following you in your car, like when you were driving. I saw a snake, like, slithering behind your vehicle. Mm-hmm. Like a big one, a big snake. Yeah. So in biblical terms, that would be referred to as the python spirit. And that mm-hmm. is what a lot of people is said in, you know, deliverance, basically. A lot of people, you know, 
have a python spirit where it basically wraps around you choke life out of you influences you it also gives you the gift of of worry and anxiety and it gives you the gift of sight too like it but it's like the false gift of sight even though it tells you things i'm not saying this is the case i'm saying biblically speaking it will show you things that are not true yeah but it'll also show you like you know psychic visions and stuff that's what i'm saying and sometimes they're not always true right but there is there is something called the python spirit that is actually can be delivered out of people yeah that's crazy there are very many snake entities though i've never been a fan of snakes (laughs) yeah it's um it's definitely something I'm good. I mean, honestly, I can say with how I feel, it makes a whole lot of sense because there's just so many references. And for, you know, V to come in and say that he's actually seen something like that. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. It really is. I've had an experience just uh, I mean, a lot like yours, where there was like a group paranormal experience. We were at a place we called the Blacktop out on Blues Creek and we were camping. Mm-hmm. And we were drinking, but we weren't, there wasn't like any drug use, maybe marijuana. Um, but as far as I can tell, like we we're all sitting by a fire and out of nowhere, this huge like rabbit with yellow and red beating eyes just come up out of the woods. And it was huge. It was like 13 foot tall. It looked like everybody's seen that and ran off. Like we weren't tripping on anything or nothing. When we all come back and grouped back, we all, like, said the same thing. So it was like, did we have some kind of mutant thing running around here? Because, I mean, that was that was seen by, like, eight different people. Mm-hmm. Native American. That would be a Native American type entity or cryptid. It and was I the think Easter I, Bunny on drugs, I'm I have, telling you. I have, I have read about something like that, and I can't remember what it was, but I'm going to look it up and see if it's actually something like a part of something because i mean and now where's the blacktop located it's like around madison okay yeah that's part of the area we're discussing as well which is you know madison dry goods and stuff but i was going to ask too like moving onward outside of the family about Brittany, your personal experience if you're comfortable talking about your uh on demonic what you would consider demonic experience because that's what i had up in stokes county was actually faced with a actual possession of a person when i was 17 um my ex-mother-in-law had something on her and something lashed out at me in another language that she does not speak and i've actually Mm -hmm. spoke of this before on the podcast but have you I know you have told me a very small amount about this in the past, but could you tell us about your own personal experience with something you would say would be a possession or a demonic attachment? I was married to a man in the past, but we dated for six years before we got married. And during that six years, we had a roller coaster relationship. And in that time, He had cheated on me, and I was where I don't have a relationship with either parent because of the toxic family life I had. I had nowhere to go, so I had to live with him still in the rental that we was renting, 
And he moved the girl that he had cheated on me with in the same day that he I found out. Like, she was in the living room cuddling him the same night. And I, uh, I was going through a very negative time. And instead of, um, deciding to lash out like I wanted to as much, what I ended up doing was I tried to distract myself and ignore certain things. And so I found a game that was very distracting to my mind. And my cousins and I was sitting in my living room, and it was the night that apparently him and her decided to break up. And we was in my living room, me and my two cousins that I told y'all about earlier was sensitive. And we were just sitting there, and I was playing, like, it was kind of like a Tetris kind of game, but it wasn't Tetris. But, like, it, it would just, I would lose my mind in the game. Like, I would just be distracted completely, and I, I wouldn't be... Like, like it was easy to intercept my brain if if you wanted to while I was in that game, you know. Right. So, I was completely distracted, and my cousins both looked at me and like both of their jaws was down. I was like, "What?" And I was like, "You didn't hear that?" And I was like, "Hear what?" I was like, "There was three knocks, Brittany." I was like, three knocks? What the what the hell?" And I was like, "Right behind your head on the wall, there was three knocks." That's not good. And I was like, that ain't good. Like, I knew it wasn't good. I was like, that that's a sign of something bad, y'all. And so my cousin, the male cousin, was like, all right, y'all, peace. I, I got a ride picking me up. And he walked out and left, literally, right then. <laughs> like, he was like, gone. <laughs> right. Um, my female cousin, she stayed with me because she knew I didn't have anywhere to go right then. My car was broken down at the time. We was... We was in a messed up situation. If I needed to get out, I needed her to be there to take me. And um, so she was there with me. And the girl that he broke up with, he came and, like, kicked her out of his truck and said, have your mom pick you up, pretty much, and left. He left. And so this knock had just happened before he kicked her out at the house where I'm at. And so me and my cousin are in there talking about another experience I had that I hadn't told y'all about yet. But um <coughs> I had Excuse seen me. a lady, a full apparition as a teenager, like with hair curlers and nightgown and everything in my house. And like I was trying to explain this to my cousin. But before I could get hair curlers out, my eyes went dark. My voice shifted into a deeper tone. Like, I heard my shift. Like, I heard me go into this deep, like, growly tone. I have no idea what I said. I can't tell you what I said. But she looked at me with the most scared face, threw my cross at me, and, like, jumped all the way across the couch. I grabbed the cross, and I stuck it to my own forehead, and I started reciting the Lord's Prayer in my head. And as I was getting towards the end, I felt it leave. Like, I could feel myself get gain control, and just tears started pouring out as soon as I gained control. Like, and when I did, I looked over at my cousin, and I said, I want to get out of here. Let's leave. I don't want to be here right now. I want to go sit at a church. I don't want to sit here. So we got in her car, and we rode to her family's church, and we sat there for a couple hours because I did not want to be in the house at that moment. Yeah, that's classic, like, demonic um, uh, possession attachment. I wouldn't say you were, you were, 
it had possessed you, but were you full-blown possessed? No, I think it actually moved in your body. And then what you did between that and your prayers, you were literally delivered right there. Yeah, I mean, truly, you were mm-hmm. you were delivered through prayer and stuff because I, I understand exactly what you mean about, like, it jumping in and out. And also, though, maybe – Maybe not so because you had a disassociation already, like you were saying, and I'm pretty sure you were hinting to that, like you had that mm-hmm. disassociation to mm-hmm. life. And that is the perfect time. And it's like you're the perfect candidate. And with everything floating around there energetically, it's just like something's just waiting to jump in. Mm-hmm. Prior to the full jumping in, like I knew something was there because I, I wasn't able to sleep anymore. Like it was like something would keep me awake at night and then like one night I full-blown felt myself get slapped like I was trying to go to sleep and I was laying in the bed and I got slapped in the face and woke up and sat straight up and nothing was there but I felt myself get slapped awake one time like it was trying to mentally wear me out to the point where it could get me yeah that's awful and now where where did this like what town or what city uh, did this take place in that was on the border of Stokes County, right into Surrey County. That was in Pinnacle. It was Pinnacle, North Carolina, right there. Okay. Right at the border of Pilot Mountain. Which is yeah, and Pilot Mountain is the huge the, like the, the name of the road. Yeah, it was Knob View Lane. Like you had a direct view to Pilot Knob from the the house. Wow. <laughs> and. For those who are listening, Pilot Mountain, the knob is actually all courts. So this is what we're talking about, the amount of like courts in the area. And this is the actual central part of the Pilot Mountain circle or like the ley line circle that is connected with a bunch of other things like, you know, sacred land. So crazy. Ethan, do you have any stories of like that about people in specifically that area? Have you ever experienced anything like that? Have you ever had any experiences in the county or in the general area with demonic possession or anybody becoming possessed in a similar way or anything like that? So I cannot say for certain if it was demonic possession or anything of that nature, but my ex-wife and I, we, we did not have a very great relationship the whole time that we were living where we were. And that it was not a good living environment. It is very, very just hostile all the time. And I feel like the place that we were at had something to do with that. Yeah, I don't think it was influencing all of it, but I think it, it was, was heightening what was there. I think it was excruciatingly heightening what was there. Right. I can uh, I can relate with that and my relationship with my ex-husband when we lived in Stokes County, it would it would make things higher, like height, more heightened tension or like amplify things. But like all memories I have of the location, aside from that, I loved living there. <laughs> right. Like it's like it wants him to go back like he loved it so much. But there was a lot of negativity while he lived there. Yeah, but it's not enough to make him not want to live there. Right. That seems like there's a common, you know, denominating factor for a lot of relationships in this area. And like I said, there, the, uh, I'm pretty sure there was a portal in that basement. Mm-hmm. What's your experiences with that? What would make you say that? Well, for one, all the all the crows and ravens that would huddle around. Right. 
something would live in the basement, like some type of entity. It it was completely dark. I think it was Bob is what I what I had called him. I gave him a name. Basically, we sealed Bob to the basement. We 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 saged the house, salted around all the windows and exits and everything. We salted him into the basement door. We locked him in there. He did not like that. So anytime I would have to go down there to work on like the lawnmower or anything, he would mess with me. Damn. Damn. Like he would throw stuff or knock something off or just make slight little pinprick noises in places where there there was nothing that could make a noise like that. Yeah. And it would draw me over and it, it would frustrate me. It would just get it. It, it, it would was, get it was you like, worked up. Yeah, it was trying to piss me off. It was feeding off that energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I didn't really like going into the basement, but we had to go down there because that was where our we, our, our laundry machine was. Yeah, this goes back to some type of male omnipresent type thing. Like, I feel like it's a masculine energy for sure. It, I, I believe it is. Like, any, any time that I witnessed it, it was a dark, shadowy male figure, like male style figure. But it was like, it, it was hunched over about seven feet tall and had lanky long arms. That, that, yeah, that's crazy. And you know what? That reminds me of the picture of the Native American mythological creature that I sent Brittany earlier. Cause as I was sitting here thinking about it, I was thinking like a black cloaked figure in some way, like somehow cloaked. But yeah. He's, he's, well, this, this was not cloaked. It, it was like he had full-on legs and arms it was like it was a complete silhouette of a naked creature okay so you're talking about something like a like a slender man but just black with but long arms humanoid. and legs yeah it That's was crazy. a humanoid creature yeah, I kept seeing I, something like flowy too. I don't know if that's associated with that, but I I keep seeing like a cloaked flowing black mist figure in, in, in sort of in, in shadows. Like right. it, it was a gliding type type deal. He wouldn't like rush at you or run. It was it was kind of cowardly, but still would yeah. make his presence known. Yeah, he just didn't want to be yeah. seen. And that you said also that was uh, near where you're living now. And y'all were like backed right up to the woods and everything. Fuck that, <laughs> you know. But I am too. I'm right next to the woods myself. And I'll tell you what, we've we heard some. Uh, we got a no, what? A creek. Oh, yeah. Lots of yeah, energy. Enough. And it's right flowing to the Dan River. The Dan River starts up in Patrick County. Like, and I think. It flows a lot of energy through there and here. It like it draws stuff down. Yeah, I believe that. I don't know how to explain it. Like and like my grandma on her side of the family, like they're one of the last known like old west shootouts in a courthouse over in Virginia. I know that's that's a big story, and I have actually heard about that. So you have ties to that as well. That's my grandma's family. Oh wow. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. You got it coming from always. 
Yeah, my grandma Icy that you channeled is actually closer related to that one. Oh, wow. Okay. And yeah. Betty was the one that's to the Lawson family. Okay, yeah, because they wasn't, you said they wasn't related but by marriage because they both come oh. in together because that day I channeled your grandmother first and then I channeled Betty. Oh, they they weren't by marriage necessarily unless you go all the way down to my yeah. great-grandma was my my mom's grandma and she married my dad who was betty's nephew gotcha so it's it's still kind of, it's like family lineage somehow there yeah like we got this weird connection but we got weird but man. that area is just as heightened and sensitivity and like like there's so many people up there like in era and like right next to era there's um what is it? Willis Gap. Willis Gap is known for UFO sightings. Like that's known for it. Wow. Like, and they're like they're just right on on the other side of the line, like right here. I think <laughs> I think a lot of it also can have a lot to do with how the eastern like seaboard of the United States is just old world. Yeah. Like not old old world, but like old old new world. Yeah. This is where most of the people landed. There, there was, there is so many people that have died just on the eastern seaboard as compared to the rest of the United States. That's a very valid point, too. Me and Emily have actually discussed that in a previous episode, how even though the east coast has got, it's got its own energy moving up and down. So, like, as you get towards, um, you know, New York, Connecticut, and all the Boston and all that kind of stuff, the energy changes, but it's still, it's so crowded, it, but it's still different down here. Like, it's not, it's more spaced out and it's more airy, but there's still a lot of haunted shit. It's just a different type of haunted shit. <laughs> Does that make sense? There's, yeah. There's some hotbeds, but it's not like the whole thing's a hotbed. Right, right. Yeah, it's. Hotbeds are usually pretty intense hotbeds. Yeah. Yeah. And. Everything and you know, it, I think too, it goes back between the wars between you know the Native Americans, and this is as far as we have like record of because you know we obviously know that the Native Americans were here for a long time, but we don't know what was before that because the Appalachian Mountains and just this general area has been above water longer than most parts of the world for whatever reason they have remained um, without being underwater longer than a lot of places. So they're older than bones. Right. Can I interject one thing really quick that's random and kind of just crazy to add to this? Sure. So how I told you up on top of Brown Mountain, we found all kinds of Native American artifacts like arrowheads, pottery, all kinds of stuff. In a spot where we found a whole lot of Native American things, we found a starfish fossil. I'm 90% sure that there was a tribe that had set up in that little spot because it's in like a horseshoe of a creek bed. There's a creek that goes around it and it goes. Anyway, right there, we found so many arrowheads and different little pieces of pottery. And just right there in that same area where we found all that, there was just just on the other side of like a tree. My sister was just messing around in the dirt. and. Pulled up a starfish little thing. Like, it had a starfish on it. Like That's really like, neat. Like, my friend, 
uh, some friends of mine that live right on the border of Forsyth and Stokes County. They have a creek in their backyard, and there's so much calcite down there, like the, uh, the you know, mineral calcite, which is commonly found in oceanic fossils. Um, mm-hmm. There's so much of that down there. I mean, you can tell. I mean, you can tell. And that's the craziest thing is supposedly it's like 500 million years since it's seen the ocean, you know. Who really knows? Mm-hmm. But these are some of the oldest mountains in the world, they say. Mm-hmm. And that's what they say and why it's like washed down. But you know what? Interestingly enough, Spirit just showed me like an image of Pilot Mountain being underwater and how the reason the rock is. It's not just weather that's made the rock that way and exposed. It was actually water, too. Whoa. Yeah, I don't know how. I mean, obviously, that's that. I don't know how accurate that is, but I literally saw like the the mountain underwater and you know it could just be because what we're talking about but i generally try to trust the first things that come to my mind Mm -hmm. well ultimately i mean what are y'all do y'all have any like theories as to why because we're going to start trying to wrap everything up do you Mm -hmm. have any theories as to why i mean we've talked about it but why stokes county is so haunted i mean we've kind of brushed over it but besides like just what we talked about is there anything else you feel that you would like to add to that or anything related to why people act the way they do or are depressed or suicidal or everything's haunted like there, there's no matter where you go it's fucking haunted <laughs> mm-hmm. well I, I again I, I believe a lot of it has to do with uh, the feeling of repetition like uh, that we we weren't called the Rip Van Winkle State for for no reason. It, we're, we're still it still feels like we're back in the 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 seventies here, in some ways. Yeah. And Especially here in Stokes County, like we're stuck back. Like you're right. There are certain parts that just haven't moved. Yeah. And, and I think that that allows a lot of of a lot of spirits to feel comfortable. To, the area hasn't changed that much it's still home that makes sense and you know there's other places in Appalachia that are like that too you go you go through Appalachia and there's a lot of places like when I went to Point Pleasant West Virginia or even Moundsville West Virginia it's like they're stuck in time it's like they're repeating like even Point Pleasant is like that I felt like I was in Point Pleasant when the tragedy happened and you know the whole Mothman thing goes into a totally different thing because, I mean, I know it doesn't sound related, but I will give you one relation between Stokes County that I've, I think I've told you before. But uh, one of the people that passed away on the bridge that night uh, during the bridge collapse in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, he was he lived on Hensdale Road in Stokes County, the same one I lived on. He was in the Army and he was driving an armored truck. And it was full of stuff. And part of the reason the bridge collapsed is because it wasn't made to hold that much weight. And it was busy. It was a busy time of day. Uh, I believe it was November 17th or December, November 17th or something like that. Around that time is when it happened. And um, he was in an armored truck for the army that was full that. To, in my opinion, I don't know if it's right or wrong, but an armored truck is heavy and it could have equipment in it. And it could have been part of the reason the bridge collapsed so Mm -hmm. that's just something interesting and about being stuck in time in the loop so i just wanted to add that in there very quick 
We're just stuck in time. Up and here. It's, it is in a, it is like that, but it's also really speaks to generational curses and how generational curses have to be broken and they can be broken. And a lot of people, not even, not just in Stokes County, for example, but just for the people listening, like if you notice these repeat things in your life and you notice that, you know, these things keep popping up throughout your generations you have the ability to break these things you have the ability to get out of these mental mind frames and these molds molds in life because they are literally curses and sometimes they can come in the form of entity family entities that do it like i literally just heard laughing in my head and then i hear stupid bitch but you know this is like stuff i know it sounds weird but it's like stuff i channel in you know too so like yeah we're we're getting to some nitty-gritty stuff and you know i'm not saying i'm right about everything but i feel very strongly about that and yeah they can be broken they don't have to be that way and you know moving forward there's a possibility of things happening emily already said she felt like we might all have some issues tonight or in the next coming days i know i've already had issues dealing with this story i know i already have roots to stokes county and that's where like my 15-year haunting come from and it took me a long time to break it because i literally had to break some generational stuff off of me and it back in 2020 is when i was literally fighting entity from bothering me and my family and i had to learn how to protect myself spiritually and after this episode matter of fact on our podcast we're moving into like signs of a haunting different entities and then we'll move into how to protect yourself and stuff like that too different ways and it's it's simple in a way but in a way it's not because it's a mental thing a lot of this stuff you can overcome excuse me mentally you can overcome it that way but you also have to have something you know a higher divine power to help you People can't do this all just by themselves. You know, that's where people sometimes mess up. It's like, oh, I can do this by myself. No, you really do need higher divine power to help you through some of these things. Because some of the stuff like people deal with in Stokes County is pure evil, pit evil, nasty. And there's a lot of places like this throughout the Appalachian Mountains. And, you know, Appalachian Mountains, they're getting they're getting more coverage. It's like, oh, I've been to a lot of haunted places like people are starting to say this now. I've been to this place and that place. But like nighttime in Appalachia is something different. Mm -hmm. I've always hated riding around out here in Stokes County at night. I don't know. It's just a different feeling in the woods. Like you feel like stuff's watching you and it's an eerie feeling. Yes, absolutely. Out at my old house. Yeah, it's a different kind of dark in the woods. Yeah. You don't go out in the woods at night by yourself if you have any common sense in this area. And there's a reason you grew up being told if you see or hear anything in the woods, especially at night, you just go the fuck back inside. Well, is there anything else that y'all want to add to the story? Is there anything else particularly that you want to share? So a while ago, while you was talking, it's left me now. And that's why I'm going to say something. But when you said you heard laughter and stupid bitch, I felt a tightness in my chest like my heart got squeezed. Oh, fuck. And then it's gone now. Like, I feel fine. Now, I do have a heart thing. But that was different because it normally doesn't just like 
tighten up. Tighten, just go. Normally your heart thing feels like a pinching feeling. Yeah, and like... like, like a pressure. Yeah, like pressure and pain. Like, I have an irregularly slow heartbeat that causes me issues sometimes, but like, this was something different where it just felt like a tightness, and then it's gone now. Like, I'm fine now, but like, I don't know if it was related to the... But like, when you said that you heard laughing was when it started. Yeah, you need to be very careful tonight and for real, for real, say your prayers. And you need to put up some protections through prayer and directly in the name of Jesus Christ tonight. I'm straight up. Yeah, my stomach is hurting and I feel like I'm going to throw up. Yeah, like it's this shit ain't nothing to play with. I'll put it to you that way. And Mm -hmm. it needs it needs to be told like people need to know that this shit's really happening. And if it, they don't know if it's really happening, I'm talking about people that it's happening to like there's so many other people out here that deal with this type of shit and have no clue on how to handle it. Also, I, I am pretty sure there are cryptids here that are trying to draw people out into the woods. Mm-hmm. Oh. One time I was living over on George Road, me and a friend were exploring the snow because the power had went out. And it was like midnight. So we were going through the woods. There's like these path, like pathways through the woods up back that way off George Road. Uh, there used to be a Christmas tree farm and there were roads cut through there so yeah. they could cut down the trees and whatnot. We were going down one of these paths and in the middle of one of the paths, we see this. It, it, it looks like a campfire just sitting there. No one at it. It was on top of the snow. Yeah, on top of the snow. Hadn't melted, like, any snow around it. It was just sitting there. And so we both start walking towards it until my friend starts getting a really bad feeling. I'm not getting this really bad feeling. I'm like, I want to go see what this is. He's like, no, 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 we need to we need to turn around and go. We turn around and go back. We get out of range of it. I, I decide I'm going to turn around just to see, like, if anything's changed. It's gone. That's trippy. Fire is completely gone. Another time I, I was at St. Bot, there was something making a noise. I don't know what the noise specifically was. I would try to imitate it, but it would sound horrifying. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it, it was making this noise. It's down, about, uh, down the same path where the campfire was. And I I go starting to investigate it until I get close enough to it, and then it stops. It gave me so many cold chills. Like, I felt like I was being watched by, like, a predator. Yeah. Or something like that. I I, I dipped out very fast. Yeah, I'm seeing a white, like, animal on all fours for some reason. I don't know why, almost like a cross between a white tiger and a saber-toothed like tiger thing. I don't know why, but that's just what I see. Mm. And it could be a form of something, like, because whatever this, huh? Could be a form of like a skinwalker or something's taken. Yeah, and I think in this omnipresent energy can take forms of many things. It also it it makes me wonder if it even is like honestly 
it's almost like a big puppeteer. It's really weird. I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm like a like I, I, I'm like a, a, a an energy sink for like spiritual energy. They they drain me. Okay, so you're empathic. Like I, any any time that I I like have an encounter, or sometimes I've even had encounters that I didn't realize were encounters until somebody told me after the fact that oh I saw something and while you were feeling completely awful. Yeah. Like up on the mountain with yeah, the, the, the the lady behind you in the white dress. Yeah. And that was on that land that. y'all told me about. Yeah, up on my family, the Martins land. We'll have to get up there and see what's going on. I'd like to but see I get dizzy and stuff too. Like it can mess with me really bad too, so I feel you there. We will keep you away from the ledges. <laughs> yeah, don't take me over there, they'll push my ass off. They're like this witchy bitch can see and push me off. <laughs> that candle so i got a candle from the uh madison dry goods store and the flame is like two inches tall and it's just dancing i have no fans on i have no heat on there's nothing blowing and then something just clicked over there in the corner and the flame is literally like almost two inches tall coming up out of the candle it's like the wick's not burning down like it's supposed to i guess i don't know but it's dancing this weird, like, patternist, patternistic dance. I mean, that is not even a word, but I don't know. It's freaking me out. And, I mean, I don't know why it's doing that. There's nothing blowing. So, yeah. That's something that my family always told me was a way that sometimes they would show energy through the flame of the candle. And Yeah. I always experienced our candles never stood still at my house. Like, I've never seen a candle really be a calm flame candle, like, other than up at your family's. No. I've always seen them dance so wild as shit with no fans or nothing. Like, they just, they don't sit still. (laughs) Yeah, and that's pretty much what this candle's doing right now. It's just dancing. The elastic plant over here is is on the border. Like, it's right at the border of Virginia and North Carolina. It's right on the line. Yeah, there's been a Yankee, like, soldier seen in the office there's been a native american in the warehouse there's been a little girl seen in the bathroom like wow it's all this energy yeah i swear it has a lot to do with the courts there too also another native american burial ground yeah that was completely Disturbed. disturbed completely disturbed and apparently there's supposedly glass over their burial site where you can look down at their skeletons and where's this at Right on Elastic Plant Road right here in Stokes County going right into Virginia. Wow. Is this a place you can visit? The family that owns it will allow people to look for it. Like, it's legend, and people have said some people have found it, but nobody's been able to mark a path and actually been able to set you on a way to it. But, like, people have found it, supposedly, but it's the family will allow you to look on their land if you ask them if you can go look for the. In all honesty, I've been wanting to take like a a journalistic adventure out and try to get like a story on this. Uh-huh. You gonna end up like the fucking Blair Witch Project, bro? You need to watch out. <laughs> well, no, I, 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 wanna, I wanna. I know I'm joking. <laughs> Just sorry. What originally happened? What caused them to to think it was a good idea to move these things? If if it even happened at all, right? 
like go down and actually look because it's supposedly somewhere near a creek down on their property getting towards elastic plant and very I, very I weird that's just weird but for if, people if to say i can prove that it was there that that would be some stellar evidence to the the fact that there's something there's going on on elastic plant road that's causing these these things there yeah that would be it'd be really interesting if you could it just mm-hmm. i have an overwhelming sense of anxiety and fear and when i think about going out into the woods up there mm-hmm. and that's just I me thinking exactly about it different. yeah i wouldn't go into the woods around here by yourself even in the daytime in all honesty i used yeah, I would take like three dogs and go up the side of Brown Mountain by myself as a kid. I was just saying that was better than absolutely alone. Yeah, no, the mountain has a lot of energy that's spooky. I, I, I would love to take you up there. We're going to have to do it. I have a bad back, but damn it, I'll try. Emily, are you okay over there? You doing all right with your belly? I am a-okay. Okay. Is there anything you want to add while they're while we're all together? Is there any uh, questions you have left or is there any perceptions you want to share or anything of the such? Are you asking me? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, well, not really. <laughs> like I was feeling stabbing it on my back and I like bitch slapped the entity to get the fuck away from me. But after that, it was fine. So is it the same place that I was feeling the burning and stabbing? When I started looking in to do more research for the story, I had pain in three places. One was in the right side of my throat. It felt like I had something in my throat. The other one was on my right arm near like where the bend of my arm is. It was like a pain. And then I had a pain like on my right shoulder, right below my right shoulder blade, like kind of to the right part of my back. That's itching on me right now. Really? Like, right under my right shoulder blade was, like, itchy, like, burning itchy a little bit, but, like, yeah. just itchy. That's where it was hurting for me, like, when I was watching the thing on Netflix about the documentary, like, the 28 Days Haunted, that's where it started to burn for me, too. Yeah, which is but, interesting. But, like, the one that just happened now was dead center in my back. But I literally saw this thing, and it's gritty-ass nasty ass fingernails stabbing me in the back so that's why like i was like bye bitch like get the fuck out of here yeah there's a lot of lot of negative nasty shit uh, tied to to this there's a lot of good things don't get me wrong i want to highlight that like there are good things but there is something over the land period well, we really want to thank Brittany and Ethan for taking the time sitting down and talking to us about, you know, their experiences in Stokes County and the surrounding areas. It was definitely a pleasure. Really, really crazy, scary stories that are not just stories. They're like true firsthand encounters and events. Like we were saying, Stokes County and the surrounding areas, it all goes deeper than just the tragedies that everybody hears about. This place is extremely haunted It does not get enough credit for really what it's about. It's actually, I don't even think really ever been documented like this before. And I actually would like to do some more documentation of it in the future. So we really appreciate it, guys. It was a real pleasure for us as well. I'm glad to have done it. And it was nice to meet you, Emily, and nice talking with you, Chastity. For sure, for sure. Faux shizzle.
off the nizzle for his <laughs> we're dorks just ignore us uh, i am too i'm just i'm bashful at first <laughs> right <laughs> yeah it's been crazy as hell it is <laughs> emily you still want to move down this way one day fuck yeah let's do it <laughs> So that was the uh, the interview. It was a pleasure. They were a pleasure to talk with. Like they literally, I'm pretty sure they have stories for days. And like we could sit down and probably go even further with the things you know that have been discussed. But what happened to us and what you guys just heard uh, was nuts. So you know, it all started it almost immediately. Uh, spirit inter like spirits interacting with either audio, uh, the clicking noises that you're hearing in the first half, especially because we got cut, and just a lot of different things. Uh, Emily, would you like to tell the folks about kind of what happened to you and Brittany um, simultaneously in a way? Oh yeah, so like seven o two. Right. P.M. It's probably within five minutes. I start feeling like warmth on the right side of my face. And then that's when I ask her about it. And she's like, yeah, I feel that, too. But um, after that, towards the end, that's when shit got freaky deaky. So when we were trying to, like, finish the stuffs, I started seeing out of the corner of my eye. A little girl with dark hair and her hair, of course, was in front of her face like the chick from the ring. Then I kept then paying attention and then I saw its face and I was like, nah, because I wasn't even thinking about that chick or the little girl or anything before. And this thing was just in the corner of my room, which is where, you know, when shit comes into my room, that's where it comes from is that corner spot near my closet and that's where she was, just standing there in the corner, being all creepy. And she literally just goes, Bleh. <laughs> and I'm like, this bitch crazy. needs to go. And and then, like, ghost, like, bit me. <laughs> and then I was like, Chastity, we need to, I need to go. Ghost just bit me in the hand. Well, yeah, and even before, you know, y'all both had the experience. Oh, the just, rash. Yeah, the too. rashes. And there was a common denominator here. The common factor is as soon as I think it was right around the time that I heard spirit or I heard an entity because I heard it talking to me. Uh, it said it laughed. It was cackled. It was like stupid bitch. And then she got that pain in her chest. And not long after the one thing that, you know, I did leave out was when I started studying and looking into this a week prior, it was two Tuesdays ago. So like a week and a half ago, I started studying more about what happened. I had three different pains. I had a pain under in my right side, under my shoulder blade on my right side. I had a pain in my throat and I had a pain in my right arm, like right where it bends, not my elbow, but like the bendy part mm -hmm. of my arm. Oh, yeah, me too. I forgot about that. Yeah. And you experienced that without and I didn't even tell you about that. And then mm -hmm. when you started watching the show, you started getting those pains, too. Right. Yeah. And then at the very end, you guys just heard that, you know, 
Brittany and Emily both had a pain in their under their right shoulder blade. And upon reviewing their back, like they took pictures of it and everything. There's a rash. Brittany had like uh, almost looked like a like a old witch's broom in a way. It was like three scratches, but it had like a like a base and then scratches coming out. Emily had scratches a little on the same side, a little bit higher or like whelp. It was like a whelp almost. It's kind of hard to see in the photo with uh, Emily's because she she didn't have anybody helping her take the photo. She had to take it herself and it's on her back, you know. And for me, you know, I did. We all saged like right after we saged either ourselves or our space. Emily saged her whole house. I and, that bitch out. She fucked that bitch. She out. <laughs> yeah. And I definitely tried to send light and everything and just trying to help do any type of remote cleansing that I could do uh, with Brittany and Emily. But the entity had literally like came to you specifically at that point. Um, and then the strangest thing happened uh, after that. It was when I started editing the podcast so or going through and like cutting out some stuff the day that I worked on the podcast, which I hadn't touched since the day we did our interview. So this was a few days ago when I started my throat started hurting in the same spot and it was bothering me really bad. I'm like, man, what's going on, you know, with my throat because it started freaking me out a little bit, you know. And uh, ended up by the evening, I ended up getting a rash and it's a symmetrical rash. It's a, it had a circle, a whelp, a whelp and a circle on my throat. And it's still like the skin is still kind of like you can feel where it was. Like after you have a rash, it'll be kind of rough there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but my sister, me, Emily and Brittany all got a form of a rash and all but my sister had, we all had them either in a spot that was painful, that had hurt during research or something else. And I think we got a little too close to something. Something was not liking the research and the things that we could actually see where we're seers, where we're intuitive. We can actually see this shit. And it don't like it because by exposing this, we're actually can help people understand what's going on in their lives and why things, you know, are happening in a repetitive uh, fashion throughout generations. This is generations in the making. Mark my words, there's something big uh, associated with this, and it's definitely has something to do with the land. Definitely some of the first like English and settlers or even the white settlers that came in and even before that. I mean, it has something to do. There's something that has been conjured over this area that's already sacred. It's already active. It's on a ley line. It, I mean, there's just so much going on. And it, it makes sense to why the area is so, quote unquote, haunted. Yeah, for sure. You know, as you were talking about it, I started to feel the burning under my shoulder blade again. But it quickly went away because I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I it, it it's itching for me again, too. And it might just be a thought, you know, it mm-hmm. could be thoughts of it and just remembering it. I'm not going to sit here and say it's 100 percent, but it is mm-hmm. strange. It's very strange. But yeah, I mean, we will we're going to give you guys um more, you know, a little bit more in depth 
information and go and I have like I said a bunch of footage and photos and we really want to share that you know with y'all in a video that'll come out hopefully before New Year's so I know this podcast was really long but we really hope you guys enjoyed it yeah it was a long one but I think it was worth it yeah it definitely was a Christmas special Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was very special. This was way more than we ever thought it would could have been. So, yeah, absolutely. And if you made it to this far, thank you so much. You're a fucking rock star. Hey, now you're a rock star. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yes, Just yes. Kidding. <laughs> well, we wish you all a very merry Christmas, happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, happy New Year. All that Kwanzaa? good stuff. Kwanzaa. Uh, happy holidays. Yeah. Christmas time is here. It's like jingle bells. Charlie Brown Christmas. Right. Mine yeah. is uh my favorite one. My favorite movie. Emily laughed at me, though, is A Christmas Carol. My favorite Christmas movie. That's mm-hmm. why it's got the name Ghosts of Christmas Past. Mm-hmm. My my dad always had um was it Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer? Yep. And you know, where the elf's like, I wanna be a dentist. <laughs> that one. <laughs> right. With, with the abominable snowman. Yep, the abominable yeah. little snowman. And he missed a he miser son. <laughs> I don't remember that one, but I'll believe you. <laughs> what? And Father Christmas. What do you mean? Heat miser son. Where the heat miser and the other frozen guy had a little fight. I don't remember that. I'm old. My brain. I've uh, My short term's gone, y'all. Dude, this was your childhood. I know, man. Yeah. My short term is just spent. As bad as mine. (laughs) We really appreciate you guys taking the time to check us out. If you have any stories or any paranormal experiences you want to share, you can feel free to email us at lights at midnight podcast.com at gmail.com at gmail.com my b so that's lights at midnight podcast at gmail.com we'd really like to hear from you we appreciate you taking the time to check us out and until next time thank you to all that took the time to listen to this week's episode your support means the world to us and remember all of us have the ability to shine brightly and shed positivity even in the darkest of places Stay safe, stay well, and light it up!